What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of your favorite podcast, The Pals Podcast. I'm your co-host, George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liorti. And this episode, we had the King Street legend, Maddie Sumaris. The king of King Street, some might say. Yeah, Maddie Sumaris. You might know him from Instagram as Maddie Unique. You might have seen him in that borrow. Petty Cash, Citizen, back in the day at Cobra, Cheval, Century Room, Everly, the list goes on. You might even know him from voice marketing back at the University of Western Ontario. He brought in some great stories, ran us through his career and some of the venues he's done, what he's working on, how COVID has changed his business and how he's developed and transformed a lot of his business. Overall, such an amazing conversation. Shout out to our sponsors, Universal Nutrition. I mean, I don't know how many times I got to tell you guys are the best the best of the best, the best in business. Some might say the kings of the nutrition industry. Uh, supplement, nutrition supplement industry. Uh, there it is. Um, I've been drinking their like whey ultra protein, uh, the strawberry ice cream flavor. Uh, I mean, it tastes literally like strawberry ice cream. So, uh, I mean, how do you go wrong? This stuff's fantastic. I mean, I feel like I've been getting in shape. My pal likes to tease me, but joke's on him because I'm going to be more <laughs> jacked than him soon. Uh, yeah, guys, honestly, fantastic company. Universal USA, universalnutrition.com. Check them out. They're fantastic. My pal. LFG. Let's go. We do the clap to line up the camera with the audio. So right. imagine so Ricky always does this fucking That's it, my clap. Anyways, well, we're live. Maddie, welcome to the Pals Podcast. Thanks for having me, boys. Excited. I know it was a little bit of a long time coming. It, it has been. Yeah, it I has was, been. I was trying to navigate a special situation during COVID, so I was a little bit busy last time I said no, but I'm happy to be here now. Uh, we're awesome, happy buddy. to have happy you. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Well, we're, we're just talking about some stuff off yeah, camera. Let's jump, let's jump back let's in. Let's jump right back into it. So we know Maddie through the hospitality industry. If you're from Toronto, if you go to King Street, Ever, you've definitely run into Maddie or seen Maddie at some place. That's true. Ever. It's been long. It's been, yeah. We've been around a long let's, time on King. We'll just name off name some old. venues. So let's talk about <laughs> Cobra, Everly, Petty Cash, Borrow, uh, Century Room back in the day, I think. Cheval. Cheval. Oh, did New Year's there? A yeah, couple, yeah. New Year's 2012, I think Who was it was. That? Who was there? Burn somebody? I can't I, remember. But we were just talking off air. So we were talking about Cobra. And before Cobra, Cobra London, Cobra Toronto, Givon B., First resident DJ at Cobra London, Cobra right London. here. Yeah, yeah, that was a good place. I was <laughs> had a good time there. there. So when I was when they, I remember when it opened, I was like, I remember you were building the club in London. I was like, Rick, I gotta get this residency. I need to be there. And I remember he was trying, and I was like, and then I got your number. I messed you. Like, don't worry, don't worry, we'll set it up. And I was like, waiting, waiting. And they're like, I think I don't know who told me, but they're like, yeah, you got the residency Friday. It was like the greatest day of my life at that point. <laughs> and then I remember like that those parties were crazy. You guys booked. Like everyone, the Max Vangeli came through, Thomas Gold, Sunner James, Ryan Marciano. Yep. Art department. Art yeah, department. art department. They were Nick, sick. Nick, oh, who was that guy? Nicky Romero. Nicky Romero. Romero. Like, there was, the list goes on and on. And I remember getting to play that residency. It was the, the best venue. Hardwell and then at the end of that, oh, Hardwell, Hardwell, played, Hardwell yeah. played a show. I think he just came in. Randomly. Randomly. Yeah. But there was a couple other good shows. Adventure Club was a big one. Yeah, Adventure yeah. Club was a good one. But uh, the crazy thing was after that first Tim year, Mason. it got... Tim Mason. There is a he bunch, was big, Tim Mason. There is a, there was a bunch of cool cool things we did there. Yeah. The crazy guys, part of that, that venue that no one probably knows about it because you guys are younger than me, that was the first 
nightclub that I ever promoted. It was called 29 Park. 29 Park. And yeah. I did the Thursdays there. Okay. And we had a house. What, what was your company called? Um, it was called Voice Marketing. Voice That's Market. it. Us. We and, were trying uh, to. Remember, you mentioned it the other day. He's like, "What was the company called?" I'm like, "I honestly can't remember." And uh, so the funny part was, it was a household of us. It was me and a couple friends. There was seven of us living in a house. It was just, I was the promoter. My other roommate was the DJ. My other roommate was the party supply guy so you know b before and after that whole fucking experience <laughs> was nuts but that's what we ended up going back and buying about five years later you know finish yeah, university yeah. open a couple other clubs and i was like fuck i, I want to go back and buy this place i had a little bit of a heart to it you know what i mean and yeah, yeah out of the blue the owner called me she's like maddie She's like, you want this place? She's like, I'm done with clubs. I'm like, I'll take it off your hands tomorrow. <laughs> Come on. That's, <laughs> how, that's it how, how it came about. That's how Cobra sold then, mansion and, and then opened up Cobra. And well, then I was going to say, after all these shows you guys did, it got ranked the 44th best club in the world, which I was like, when I saw that, I was like, that's because yeah. of me. Of course, I'm the DJ. <laughs> I was the, no, but yeah, that, that's where the DJ, DJ lists, Meg, uh, yeah, were big and the club rankings were big and we got 44 in the world. It was, it was a good special time, man, for, for not just us, but for London. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. London, small town. Know, no one knew about, but shit was popping out there yeah, yeah. well there's also before that there was mansion as well mansion yeah. was another big was the one. first club i went to in london mansion, mansion. was a big one yeah. yeah it was a big project we did so i mean we've done we've done some fun things out there my heart's always in london for sure you know as a, as a young kid and entrepreneur but you know toronto's home for me and yeah that's where I'm, my roots are right yeah. now and that's where we're growing how did you decide to get into promoting like when london what caused you because before you were there there was no like like it wasn't like bottle service stuff in London. London's There's university no town. Yeah. There's no promoters. Uh, nothing. Going to the bars at like eight o'clock on a Wednesday trying to get into gym bobs and stuff. I was just like, this fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> and um, funny, I'll tell you next to little like segue into this, but I yeah, uh, yeah. we went down the street. There was like five birthdays this one Wednesday night. And I was like, guys, we're not going there at six o'clock going like drinking. We're going to be dead by 10 o'clock. So we ended up going a little bit early, like eight, nine o'clock. The lineup was huge. I was like, let's all just walk down the street. We ended up going to Barking Frog. And this manager in there, his name's Adam Shea, and I box with his brother now. We do a bunch of Muay Thai stuff for fun, and, and he's a cop friend of mine, and we're still friends with this guy. He's like, man, you had brought some cool girls here, you know, good crowd. He's like, That's why don't you come do this? brought some cool girls. Yeah, yeah he's like, uh, why, don't you, why don't you guys come back next week, and I'll give you a free bottle. I was like, whoa, free bottle? I was like, I don't have to pay for drinks. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And we kept going back week after week, and then he said, he's like, listen, why don't you uh, start doing a weekly thing here and bring all your friends together? So I called my buddy who was on the football team, Andreas, uh, a couple girls from the sororities, and we got together a little group of like partners, so there's three of us, and we started charging $5 cover, and we started doing 10% of the bar, and you know, Barking Frog Wednesday, I think, still is a thing up there, I think, from what I heard. Or yeah, oh, well, it yeah. started People to still die towards the end of mine, but I think it came back up because Kirk, Kirk, Kirk bought, bought it, it right? And kept running with it, so yeah, I mean, yeah. it's could have a 10-year run that that night so oh. before you like in london there was no bottle service there was no like like club type scene or was there some small ones it was when there was play there's a place called monopoly in phoenix i don't know if you guys it's like uh milestones now. familiar yeah yeah but yeah. um people were doing like a bottle like you know there's some of the rich kids and we're doing a bottle at the bar but there's no like sit down bottle service it started to grow a little bit but um you know, I think Mansion was the first actual real bottle service club, the one yeah, we opened yeah. up there in London, I would say. People were doing bottles in areas or they would put a couch set up, whatever. Yeah, but like yeah. Mansion was a proper, proper like booths overlooking the dance yeah. floor. You know what I mean? Like proper production. Uh, you know, Avicii played there. Yeah, it was Remember? my show. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we, we had big DJs come Battle to that Life, spot. Avicii. I had DJ AM there, one of his yes. last shows before he died. Yeah. 
happened in the home. That was a Thursday night. Yeah. That was yeah, our first DJ year. AM. I don't think I yeah. was that for, when we were yeah, first year. Yeah, Andrew Meridian was still there. That's what I remember. Yeah. That's so, our first met Andrew Meridian. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, London was awesome. I know you guys had a good time there, too. And definitely. it was fun. I'll, I'll always remember that. I'm definitely not sending my kids there ever. And make sure <laughs> there's no way. Especially if they're daughters, right? Yeah, they're not, my daughters are not going there. Sons, maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you came back to Toronto. We know I, I mentioned some of the, the clubs. What were some of the first venues when you came back that you started, I guess, working with or built? Uh, so we're, we're involved in a bunch of projects. Um, you know, some that people may know, obviously the first ones was Cheval and, uh, we had a place out in, um, <clears throat> Burlington called Zubar. That was another big, big one. And, uh, right off another, the QW. Yeah, yeah, right off the QW that did really, really well. And then I had this now it's something else. It's like a pool party. It probably changed a few times since. I don't it was know what was like the peak. Like it was like, it was peak. It was, yeah, we had it like five it year dang. run. There it was amazing, which is long for nightclubs. Uh, ballroom bowling alley that was one of my like big babies oh, yeah. yeah when I opened it up when I was really really young so you know we just sold that three years ago uh, to some other investors but it was, it was amazing project huge learning curve for me because I'd never done food and uh, it was I was 25 years old 26 years old doing a two million dollar raise opening wow. up a 20,000 square foot venue bowling cor- uh, corporate events bar sports bar food you know what I mean like, a lot, like a lot of so it was, it was a huge facets. learning learning curve for me on, on that one and then uh, obviously Cobra and then it kind of started to I think everybody before like the Instagram like Instagram walls the Cobra skull, skull wall, wall yeah. on the back the back wall that was the instagram wall before yeah. instagram right yeah. like everyone's facebook picture yeah. had had yeah. a, somebody yeah. had a picture on that skull wall there was a lot there was a lot of thought pictures on that one for sure <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know I don't that, know was, that was that uh is. that was a good venue cobra i remember that was one of, like the first ones that i remember in the city on king street going to like king street so even before that too going back obviously before our time like cobra you said west was there before but like was king the way it is like Maybe not the way it is now, but it used to be back in the day. Richmond Street was yeah, kind there of there was an entertainment district. district yeah, there was an entertainment district, and it was Richmond Street, and it was wild, and it was a lot younger, and a lot of there. There was the aspect of ni- the nine oh fivers was huge back then because there was no, you know, when you drive out to Oakville now or you know up in Vaughan, Vaughan yeah. you know, you go to the mall there. There's a Joey's, there's an Earl's, there's a Cactus Club. You know, there's all these cool places mm-hmm. you could grab dinner, hang out. There's Have a couple bars and clubs or whatever in and around. Back then there was nothing, so everybody used to get you know school go to the mall during the week, buy an outfit, and then Friday Saturday drive down. Yeah. Take nice school bus car, down, yeah. take buses down, whatever it may be for the Saturday uh, th- uh, Friday Saturday night. So it was the weekend warriors, you know what I mean? And and it was a little bit young and a little bit crazy in that district towards the end. So a lot of the older people stopped going to that neighborhood. And uh, that's kind of when King West became like, you know, that's when before you used to go out in like dress pants. People don't remember that. Like you used to go nah, dress, dress pants, pants and the chateau shirts. Dress pants, <laughs> Man, I remember Monaco, wearing vests. Like you can just go to like Mex and like get your crazy yeah. shiny shirt, <laughs> white collar, like, you know what I mean? And and you'd go out. But now so the West End and King was like kind of where the cool people were hanging out wearing jeans and T-shirts and ball yeah. caps. And yeah. it was like, you know, it was a little bit more hip and fun. And that's kind of how King West was created. And, um, you know, it was nothing. There was fur shops and textile shops. And it, was, it had this grungy feel to it, um, kind of probably how meatpacking did back in the day. And, um, you know, now King West is a neighborhood. Yeah. You know, and it's turned two, three times from nothing to super cool club district to overly busy club district to residential now it's amazing like i'd say some of the best restaurants in toronto are on king west it's an amazing restaurant hub and if you think of you know on the grand scheme of of things of canada you know toronto is the biggest city of canada and king west is the entertainment hub of toronto so that one street is what 
you know world world worldwide known for it. So if you go yep. to Canada, you got to go to Toronto. If you go to Toronto, you go to King West. Yeah. Yep. So if people, when you think about it's it on like par, like like Yorkville used to be like Blur West was like the place to be, and it still is. Like when you go shopping, you go Blur West, and Yorkville's kind of like for the place sure. to go for like your nice lunch and all that. For but sure. like King is synonymous with like entertainment. hundred percent. There's so many different offerings. You know, you got Suser Lee down there. You got great crowd. We open up Dasha across the street, high end Chinese. Uh, West Lodge, you got Barbuka, Jacob Steakhouse, probably one of the best steakhouses yeah, yeah. In, in North America, I would say, you know? So they, it caters to everybody. You know, there's also places that, you know, that there's clubs and there's younger people there, like Toy Box and, <clears throat> and um, you know, Cobra was there back in the day and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So it has a little bit for everybody and it has this moments where it gets a little bit wild and crazy, but it also, yeah. you know, during the week and weekends, there's places to go uh, for all types of different ages and crowds. Yeah, and talking about King West, obviously you've got three kind of staples on King West. You got Borrow, which is one of your newer ventures, Petter Cash, which it's not on King, but Petter, so, is it Petter Cash? Peter, Petty, Petty? Cash. Like said, Petter, I don't know. Man, <laughs> long day, long day. But Petty Cash, Citizen, all another big one. What, you know, tell us, I guess, we'll start with Borrow. How'd the idea behind it come? Like, now it's arguably one of the biggest hotspots on King Street. Uh, Borrow was, so Cheval was the spot where it originally started. It was that nightclub we had. It was a famous famous nightclub I'd say in Toronto people still Wasn't know Cheval it Wasn't on the north side of King though? Yeah so they, we transformed that so it was on a seven year run it was killing it seven years in the club district like club night unheard of club world sorry is like uh, 20 years into a business you know what I mean that's yeah. how that's the lifespan the lifespan of the club is two three, three years, years yeah. you know we got seven out of there it was still at its peak but I like I wanted to get out of there when it was hot you know what I mean and it had a good name and we just got out proper and I met this chef um, who's like a good friend of mine right now, Steve Gonzalez. And shout out Steve Gonzalez. Steve Gonzalez, yeah, shout Latino out. Five Spice, one of the best <laughs> chefs in the city. And uh, he came down and his, my buddy at the coffee shop set up the meeting. I was like, you know, I want to change it up. I want to do a restaurant. I want to do something a little bit different. I want to grow into something, you know, a little bit more mature now that I'm getting a little bit older. And he's like, yo, I know this guy who wants to do something. He came down on his bicycle within 10 minutes, man. I swear to God, I like went back to my office, got a phone call. I was like, yo, the dude's here. And I was like, okay. So we <laughs> walked right, the space. I uh, showed him what we had. And I, I told him a little bit of my idea and what I wanted to create. And he told me about a little bit of his concept and what he's been working on. And we kind of meshed it too. And a month later, we closed. And we started the process of opening this place called Valdez. And Valdez was this very vibrant um, street latin street food kind of uh restaurant you know all latin music uh staff was very vibrant the food was very tasty and bright um and it had a lot of energy in there you know latin music before what you see now on the radio everywhere everyone's listening to reggaeton and yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff it, you know latin culture is huge this was something before it happened you know what i mean so yeah. the, it had a it had a different feel than people were used to and and, and it was an amazing restaurant and uh we had, had an amazing run and our landlord ended up buying out our lease um, and relocated us to where Borrow is now. So, you know, the concept was uh, obviously the restaurant, the rooftop, and we had a little bit of Escobar, a little private club in the back. And yeah. this multi-level venue we're at now, Borrow, um, is kind of like the older brother of Valdez. So we wanted to make a little bit more mature of a menu, mature of a atmosphere and dining room, uh, which you get on the first two floors. Yeah. Obviously, we have the secret speakeasy, Escobar, which kills it. Yeah. And then we have the rooftop. And that's where we're running right now just because uh, of COVID and, and that's all we're allowed to do. Yeah. So that's kind of like the birthplace of Borrow. And, uh, you know, Steve is obviously the, the, the backbone of that business and he's the, he's the face. Um, and we have a great, great tribe of people that just follow us. You know what I mean? Like they're really bought into yeah. the concept. And it, does, it helps also that uh, Latin culture is huge right now and very, very popular. Yeah. So a lot of people come there to get a little bit of that that Latin heat. Yeah. Well, I know. I, I was going to say, I think the concept is great. And I think I, I've noticed, like, I, I mean, we've been many times, but it, 
the good thing too is that it caters so many different crowds, right? Like you can be people can be sitting having a nice like nice dinner. Like no, it's not. I wouldn't say chill or quiet, but you have a nice dinner, good atmosphere. You can go upstairs and have a drink upstairs even at the bar, or you can go behind Escobar and have a little bit of party. Go to the rooftop. Like it, it caters to kind of everyone, which is really cool. And it's a place you can stay for six hours. That's the that's, you, you come in at you come in at eight a few times or six. Hours. <laughs> yeah, you come in at eight. You're the, you're leaving at two. Right? That's 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 the like the magic. Uh, you know key component to actually having a successful business is having people inside there spending as much time as you can, the AGC average check, <clears throat> average guest check as high as possible. And uh, the way you do that is, you know, curate them just like you go to Vegas. You go into the hotel, they want you to eat dinner, they want you to go to the club, they want you to gamble after, they want you to go to the diner before you go to bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, yeah. you want you to come in there, they, we keep you as long as we can. And uh, you know, as soon as you finish your meal, we want to move you to the lounge, have a cocktail. From the cocktail, go dance and party, try to pick someone up. And then from there, you know, you come back yeah. the next day and you come for brunch. You know, it gives a little bit of everything for everybody and we keep them there as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. How do you, like, where do you get a lot of your inspiration from? You, you know, not just to, like, sit here and pump your tires, but you've had a lot of cool concepts, a lot of very good, very popular, well-known establishments on King. And it's, you know, some people, eventually you you have a, you know, it's, you like, strike gold so many times. Some people, you know, you'll strike gold once and you miss on the next one. You seem to have a good track record. Like, where do you get a lot of the inspiration with these ideas? How do they come to you? Is there, Are they years in the making? Do you already Are you looking at other industries and markets and cities for ideas? Uh, first, you got to look at, like, what, where the, the holes or gaps in the market are for, for where you're going to open. You know what I mean? You don't want to open. Like, the last thing you want to do is, like, go uh, across the street from Harbor 16, open a steakhouse. Yeah. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, so you got to, you know, what, what area you're trying to go in or location you have in mind and, and you see what gaps is missing in terms of concepts. Right. Com- got to get comfy here. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, uh, you know, traveling has a lot to do with it. You know, you make sure you're well-traveled as an entrepreneur in, in the hospitality business, not just to see what trends are happening out there. Food's always evolving and so are the food trends. Uh, chefs are always coming up with new crazy ideas with product and, 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 and drinks as well and cocktails. And, you know, they're always testing new things. You know, their minds are very creative people and, and, and on the food and beverage end. Um, so traveling the world to see what people are up to is very important. Um, but also having a very close eye and attention to detail, man. And, and for me, that's like in my strong point is like, I like to go in. I don't want to see like a plain piece of drywall wall. Every wall needs to be curated with a feeling. Uh, every light has to have an, like a, a reason why it's there. And like the reason the ambiance is there comes from this light beaming off that wall, coming off the floor. So you see the glow on the floor yeah. when you're walking. Everything has to make sense and, and come together to get that ultimate feeling of like, I'm not in Toronto anymore. I'm in Latin America or I'm at a high-end steakhouse like New York. You know what I mean? Like you have to have a feeling of transformation. When you walk through the door, what do you feel like? You know, I want you to walk through the door, I borrow and feel like, wow, I feel like I'm in a different, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm give me a mojito. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Okay, where's my spicy margarita? I feel like I'm on the beach or in Latin America. You know what I mean? And then you walk back out. It's minus 20. You forgot about what, what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, same with Dasha. You walk in this grand staircase, very Instagrammable. Uh, it's supposed to feel like the streets of, of, of Asia. You know what I mean? A lot of inspiration comes down there just from even the concrete tiles we did. We want you to feel like the concrete, you're outdoors, the hanging signs and the neon and the graffiti walls. Like Yeah, even a lot of like the little bonsai uh, plants that come with the drinks. Yeah, like all, I, it's all put together purposely, but it all comes from traveling and taking pictures and you know, eating at different restaurants and seeing things and you're like, you know, I love that architectural building and maybe we should bring these, you know, that into the restaurant over the bar and make that part of the, so it looks like the, there's a building of, 
you know, in Asia yeah. inside the bar and that's how you connect the two. You know what I mean? So all that stuff plays, uh, for me at least, when I'm coming up with a concept, you know, you either have to have all those attention to details with good food and good service, or you just have to have some crazy, ridiculous, banging chef that, yeah. that people are going to fly around the world to see and, uh, and they don't care if they're sitting on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Really the, cool. the, customer, really cool. the customer experience is really kind of what sets a lot of your venues apart. And I think this is a perfect segue to talk about something that you're doing now with Hotel X and, and the NHL. Obviously, that's such an exciting Thing to be doing we've been without sports for four months now like march 8th and now toronto is hosting half of the nhl or the remaining teams in the nhl and you're a big part of it so i know obviously there's things we we can't talk about but what can you tell us about hotel x and the nhl partnership i guess uh so hotel x you know was a deal that we were kind of working with them to um to, to solidify and and kind of get ready for 2021 um we didn't know when the hotel was going to open, but we knew we were going to carry on as soon as they did. And then, but you know, the whole idea for us behind Hotel X is uh, is to curate a new experience uh, in the hotel and all the food and beverage outlets starting 2021. Um, just because we don't know what the lay of the land is going to be the rest of the year. Um, and in between that, obviously, the NHL decided to come back, and uh, they're very closely located to Rico and downtown, and it's a big property. Um, so they struck a deal with the NHL and, um, you know, part of that, we got the call to like, Hey guys, we, we need to, we need to house these guys. We need to feed them. We need to entertain them. We need to, you know, give them drinks. We need to make them feel comfortable by the pool. We need to put together a whole experience. You have two weeks. Go ahead. <laughs> what, what runs and through your weeks. mind? Yeah. What runs through your mind when they say, okay, you got two weeks. Like, are you like, well, you, F, or like do you I'm, thrive under the, under the gun? Or you're like so LFG, speak. let's go. Well, the, the first <laughs> In my, the first instinct's like, you can't pass up that opportunity. You're going to say, uh, no, sorry, I can't pull it off. Like, yeah. You do whatever you got to do to pull it together. The toughest part is going to your team. You know, my uh, managers and directors of nightlife and directors of food and beverage and being like, hey, guys, like, I got something. We got two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, give it to us. Settle and down. But they're on the same page. You know what I mean? They have the passion like you do, like I do for hospitality. And they're like, fuck, let's pull this off. Let's try to do it. And, and within... Basically, 18 days, uh, we staffed, uh, sorry, we staffed almost five food and beverage outlets and a banquet alongside with the food dudes. And, um, you know, we're doing food, catering, uh, room service. We have uh, a market. We have 24-hour, like, you know, anything you need. It's a, it's a hotel of yes right now for the players. So if they want something, we'll get it for them or try our best to, to accommodate. Wow. Um, we had a higher train all within those two weeks. Um, so there's, and all under the new COVID guidelines, which is like a little bit more, you know, it's a new lay of the land. So uh, it's a little bit rewriting manuals and getting ready and, you know, putting the stickers everywhere and the, the plexiglass and how we social distance and new floor plans and new layouts and the way people eat with the QR code menus and there's everything's throwaway cutlery. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, it was getting all that organized, but there's a really good, team of people working alongside us with the food dudes and Harlow Capital uh, project managers and that that we had working us with us were, were super amazing organized uh, group of people and they kept us organized too and we were able to execute so right now we're housing 1200 people for the next 45 days um, I can tell you what teams are there it's Boston Philly Tampa uh, Pittsburgh and Washington 
Okay, so how do we poison the food here? <laughs> I, like, I don't want to kill anybody. Well, he's getting trouble. I, I just in a business to run here. I'm just teasing. Well, I, I heard down in Disney World they were poisoning the food, that crap food, the, the, the players that crap yeah, did food. You, did you see saw that? the picture, right? The first thing that like, what as goes soon in your that head happened, as, yeah. I like got printed and said, "Guys, this, we're not doing this. <laughs> this. This is what not to do." Firefest 2.0. You know, yeah. yeah. And and you know one of the big things we had a welcome. <laughs> A welcome meal, you know, when the players and all the staff, because not just the players, you're talking about all the training staff. There's NHL people there. There's NHL media there too. There's a bunch of people staying there above and beyond just the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had both welcome things. We just made this like a bomb, bomb club sandwiches for them. And first thing, it's like, wow, the food's amazing. And right from there, we knew that we needed that that first experience of like the welcome, you know, not this the crappy welcome little sandwich cheese, or the yeah. welcome like here's your first like meal to be amazing. So they knew the rest of the meals so would be amazing. Uh, we have uh, a grill, what was a steak, a prime grill going in there. It's like steak, seafood, amazing uh, Mediterranean steakhouse type they feel. And then we have the rooftop pool that just has amazing uh, healthy snacks. And we have a sports bar. We got a wow. super high end lounge where there's, you know, players can hang out and play games and, and yeah, yeah. chill out. So. Are you guys doing everything like you through your company doing everything? Every venue is, are the food dudes managing some of them? Is there other outside companies that we're we're doing, we're doing bars. Okay. Uh, and service and food dudes handling all the food and banquet. Uh, obviously the teams get their, their, their meals prepped and made by the banquets, uh, you know, pre, pre practice, post practice. And then after, after dinner. So they're kind of up to their own kind of routine and their own yeah. timelines at dinner so they get to go ro- roam freely and just hey let's go like hey Sid let's go eat dinner Petro's <laughs> Prime Grill and you know Sid's sitting there hanging out eating dinner yeah, and, yeah. and then that's it but they, they they stick together they're they're not allowed really to co-mingle right now so they're kind of just on their own team schedule te- oh yeah. so teams can't co-mingle not right now no okay they're the first uh the first few days they're they're doing team I don't want to say team building stuff but they're doing team activity and team organized events Okay. Did you find it difficult? I, I don't know. Is there dietary restrictions that come into play? So, for example, player on Washington's got, you know, let's say he's gluten-free or he's a vegan, and you're making, like, special meals, or is, how does that work? Their, their team management lets us know about everybody. So they'll say, okay, we've got 18 people that want this kind of food, three people that can't eat this. Yeah, so they, each team has a chef, right? Like, if you go to MLSC, you go to the kitchen there, they know everything. Yeah. You know, I went there. Uh, we did kind of like a Maple Leafs camp day with with Molson one day, and I asked the same question: I'm like, how many calories these guys eat with all the practicing, all the workouts, all the games? How many calories do you guys going to feed these guys to like make sure they're not completely depleted yeah. and they're fueled up? And they're like, these guys eat like five thousand calories a day. That's a lot. Yeah, that's like if you body if you body build, that's what you you eat. But they're on the ice twice a day. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're working, working out. out. Uh, they have all their obligations. Well, they have kitchens out. in every single venue, even the yeah. practice facilities. They're cooking and, all day. Uh, so the, he told me that chef uh, who does the le- uh, leaves. I was like, who's the who was the hardest person to feed? And he was Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how's Kessel? Kessel looks like the easiest guy to feed. <laughs> but uh, no, apparently Phil, Phil's. Uh, we know Phil for a long time, but he's he's. He apparently he, he's he's a picky eater yeah. you know he's a chicken fingers and, and fries type guy <laughs> and uh, he just likes things nice and plain and simple and you know he's not willing to veer off in too many directions and ethnic ethnic food so yeah he's uh so they you know we we got all the advice from them of who and what they like from their their um their chef's teams and basically it's kind of just works out like that nice very cool on on that same vein i mean obviously 
you've had people probably pass through like your other venues and all that stuff on the on the not to say who's been a, a tough guest but who's been a cool guest that when they came in they made the experience easy for you someone like whether it's a an athlete uh you know a singer a smooth star someone that's coming to one of your venues that was just really easy from the get-go and, and was kind of fun to be around like high-end whoever or like or anybody or high like a high-end high end, let's say high-end someone that was memorable to you athlete one of the coolest athletes you'll ever meet like and down to earth is Sidney Crosby. I'll tell you that right now. Sid, yeah. Sid just looks like he'd be a cool person. He is. He's he's all <laughs> yeah, business. We gotta get Sid on here. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is all business. Very all business. Very professional. But he's one of those guys like you don't need to go above and beyond to do anything to make him happy. He's very thankful. You know what I mean? He'll sit there and he'll whatever you whatever humble you got, guy. Very guess. humble. He's definitely. You can feel that he the guys that he brings around him, like, you know, teammates and stuff. They really look up to him. And he, he's the leader. He's like, okay, Sid's doing this. We're doing this. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So he has that presence. Um, not he, a huge drinker. Just, you know, he'll have a few vodka sodas, do his thing. He talks a lot, hangs out with his, his, his buddies. Um, as in terms of celebrity. Wait, on that Sid point. So he's one, like, one of the few athletes. You think this guy's made millions. He's arguably one of the greatest hockey players of like this generation. He lives in his home in like Halifax and during the off season. It's like you would think he'd have this like sick house in LA or Miami. Like, no. Nope. Goes back to his small town. Um, I think it's in PEI or Halifax. I can't it's remember. In, it's and, in uh, Nova Scotia. Cape Nova something. Scotia. Maybe Cape Sound or something. Yeah, I don't know. But he, that's where he lives in the off season. He, yeah, that makes sense. Just such a like normal everyday guy. Like he's they a professional man. He's yeah, like, even a t he goes to the same Timmy's and like and they know him by name. He says hi to everybody. There's a lot of guys like that. Like I mean, even like Tavares and the Leafs. Like he's all like a guy who's I, I've kind of crossed past him before. Um, but very like Toronto kid, down earth guy. He's very business. Like he plays golf the same course I do. Like he's very, very like nice family to talk oriented. to. Yeah, family yeah. oriented. Like he's all business. He's not a guy who's flashy. He's very humble. Yeah. Same kind of thing. I think the guys who are like. He's Maybe come out. But he's most come guys out, are all business. Grew up, eat, sleep, breathe the sport. He's come out twice, and he's one of those guys. Like he's in the corner with cut like a beer, like a holding a beer, just like talking to the the coaching staff. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's not trying to chase tail. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's not out there trying he's, to get crazy. He wants to win a cup. He's, he's the he's guy sitting there drinking a beer, and like we had a couple of shots. When, uh, it was it was a team like end of the year party, we, and they came by, and we were at Petty Cash, and we were chilling, and then you know I just said you know thanks for coming by, booking the venue and stuff like that because they rented out the back. And he's like, no, I appreciate it very much. You know, thank you very much for everything. Chill. He's like, do you want to do a shot? He's like, yeah, I'll have a shot with you, no problem. And we had a shot, just chilled. And he's like, you guys are having a, you guys have a beautiful venue. It looks like a good time. Thank you for everything. If you guys ever need anything, talk to this and this. Yeah, we'll hook you up with some tickets, whatever. And Sick. that's it, man. Guy left like eleven oh five out of there, like <laughs> straight business. That's it. And straight business. But we were seeing that in the in kind of the morning huddles, and we were walking around. I'm like, how are you going to go up to a group of guys? You know, because it's supposed to be six. Per, like six per table and stuff like that but what happens if you know this guy is doing this or a couple like how do we go up to him and say hey man you, you gotta like two of you have to go sit over there and they're like guys when you have a guy like Sidney Crosby reading the newspaper and like social distancing wearing a mask or John Tavares <laughs> doing the same thing he'll just look over at those guys and they'll just they know they know <laughs> they know you, the, lead, the leader of the team already dictates how they act mm -hmm. you know and in a bubble like this where it's supposed to be and it is extremely serious um they're like don't worry like the teams will manage themselves the leaders and the teams will manage the players you will never have to have a conversation so yeah so it's not something you got to worry about and step in and kind of like intervene it's just kind of 
they set the tone and the kind of the, that they create the culture, if you will. They create the culture. The leaders, that's why they're the captains, you know? And that's yeah. why they're probably the top paid and the best <laughs> yeah. at what they do. But they're actually professionals, man. And, and they're there. For, it's all that's business. Good. Right makes now, it's all business. Makes your job a little bit easier. A little bit easier. I'm sure it's not easy right now with how you guys have to scramble to get everything done. But probably makes it easier. You don't have oh, to do sure. that as well on top and of everything. They're, 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 the they're there to win a cup right now. So it's like, you know, the, 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 the sentiment feeling inside the building is, is, you know, we're here to do a job. Yeah. And they, they have one job. It's like literally to win a cup. That's it. That's, that's what everybody's here for. On know? that note, I'm going to ask you guys because I'm not a big hockey guy. Who do you think wins the cup and come out of this tournament? Do you have a, do you have a, a theory, a hunch, a guess? I, like, I can't n- not say the Leafs okay, because look- aside from the Leafs, I got money on Tampa. A healthy Tampa is a scary team. Like Stamkos isn't playing, which is kind of unfortunate. I think he's taking off uh, tomorrow's exhibition game. Lower body injury or something. Side note, I guess. But uh, a healthy Tampa got swept last year. They were first top team in the NHL. They got swept first round by Columbus, the eighth ranked team. And I just can't see them not going deep this year. I think my money's on Tampa. Outside of the Leafs, go Buds, go Leafs, go. Yeah, I think the Leafs will. Well, I think the Leafs can can win a few games. I just don't know if they're ready. And I don't. Maybe without the pressure right now of, of the fans and everything inside, it might be like you know something different. But. When I just saw Boston play before, I know what I want to say it, man. But when I saw Boston play the regular season games, like, you know, they just look like a real they're, team. They're angry. Bro. Like, they're tough. They're it's, tough. They're talented. Everyone can have an impact in the game. Didn't it's they like, lose in game seven last year in the Eastern Conference Finals or something? Uh, they went pretty far last year, right? No, they went to this cup. Didn't they? Yeah, they, they lost the cup. They, they lost, lost the cup. Yeah. Game seven in the game cup. Yeah, the yeah, cup. yeah, sorry. But I think sorry. they, yeah. See, that's this, how little I follow. Uh, but, but no, Boston does well every year, right? You've got the, your staple of guys. You've got a solid goalie, Tuka Rask. You've got Zidane Char kind of leading that, that back group. Brad Marchand, as much as you hate him, he's arguably one of the best players in the NHL. Pasternak, the rest of these guys, like Bergeron and yada, yada, yada. But They have a Jack, bunch of role players, too. So, yeah. I mean, I mean I, they just looked, for me, watching the regular season, they just looked like a team that's like, how do you beat these guys right yeah. now? And they're coming back with a chip. And they're rolling too. too, yeah. Do you guys think on that next question? Do you think there's an a asterisk if somebody wins this year? Because it's like I just like it's a tournament. It's like winner take all. The bubble, you're out. Does it mean like what if the Leafs win? They're gonna say it like this nah, little star. Leafs win, we party. Or do you think the city yeah. burns down and, and there's yeah, parties on down. bar or roof all night? No, man. I think this is just you know this is what it is. It's 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 something happened in the world and it happened everywhere and everyone decided and agreed to continue. So if you win, you fucking win. That's it. I you like I mean? it. I agree. And and that's what it is. If you didn't want to, if they didn't want to put this up as a real year and a real like championship, then they shouldn't have done it or wouldn't have done it. Yeah. So it just because fans are not in the building or some players decided not to show up for their own personal reason, which is completely fine. It is what it is. The, the show rolls on, right? I, yeah. I agree. I think winning a cup, although it's a little bit kind of different this year, still to win as many, I think you got to win 16 games against some of the best teams in the, in the world doesn't matter. You still got to win those 16 games. If you don't win those 16 games, you're not a cup champ. And True. It's Everyone's going to have the same boat. Yeah, like playoffs are playoffs. It's not like they're shortening the playoffs. You still got to win 16 games, and that's what's going to make you a Stanley Cup champion. And to win 16 games, I still think playoffs in hockey is one of those sports that it it goes up and it elevates so much more in the playoffs. Like playoff basketball, don't get me wrong, is sick, but you watch the Lakers versus the Raptors regular season versus playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's more intense in the playoffs, but... You still see that aggression, that intensity in the regular season. In postseason hockey, it's the checks are that much harder. The people are grinding out in the corners that much more. It's so much more physical, so much faster. It's just, to me, playoff hockey is another sport. You know what's going to be interesting for me for, to watch is how do you elevate 
And if you're like a third line guy or fourth line guy that you have to be like that, how do you go out there? Because you got to be the checking line or the energy line or whatever it may be. How do you elevate mentally without all the fans there to give yeah. you that like, yo, that was a big hit, like cheer yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and boost you up and give it. Because, you know, hockey's like, it can swing any which way. Like one yeah. big hit, you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm scared of the rest of the game. Yeah, man. Or if you lay a big hit, you just you just feel like you're like or you score five that times goal, faster right? and bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're at home too, like the crowd gets behind you, yeah. gets you fired yeah. up. And, and you know what I mean? People <laughs> elevate their games when with that energy. But how do you do that with no one there? I guess the boys are on the bench clapping the bench. But like, well, yeah. It's like even watching the basketball right now, it's so weird when like they're taking free throws and I'm like, there's just nothingness. There's yeah, nothing behind, it, it, like no pressure. Even baseball, you watch baseball. It's like they have like little cutouts sitting in some of the stands. Like I think it was, um, I can't remember which team. I was watching one of the highlights yesterday, and like they have like cutouts sitting Oakland on the chairs. Oakland had that today on their game. Yeah, yeah. it's like, weird. I don't know. It's it's odd. Even the basketball. Like I'm a die, for me like raps for my team. I'm a diehard raps fan. But like I was watching the basketball, and even just the way the court looks, I'm like I feel like I'm watching practice right now. I feel like, like, like I was watching like a like an all star charity game. Or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. With all like, with the, the big screens. screens. Yeah. yeah, I was. I thought that I was like this. That is was like weird. a celebrity game, you know? Yeah, yeah it's hockey. You're gonna be. Weir- you'll, well, you'll get used to it. Why the, you keep the most, watching it though? the most weird would be football because football is one of the sports where the home crowd actually re- like legit makes a difference <laughs> yeah. because if you think about it, if you're on offense trying to call an audible and you can't hear your own. You're like you're a wide receiver. You can't hear your quarterback changing a play. That's why they say like Seattle, twelfth man is like is the crowd. Yeah, and it's yeah, true, yeah. right? So, you know, you watch it in the Super Bowl or in like big playoff games. Quarterback is like covering his ears to try and make the calls, and you can't hear people. Like, yeah, legit makes a difference. I don't know if you guys have watched soccer a lot, but I, I watch a lot of soccer. It, it's weird, but I like I love watching Syria and I love watching uh, you know Spanish league, and uh, <clears throat> some of the games like you you have mid level teams beating like Juve or tying them or you know mid-level teams beating Inter or whatever it may be. And, and you're like, how the hell would this happen? These guys would never beat these yeah. guys or come draw with them, you know what I mean? And, and it's because there's no pressure that they can actually just go out there and just play. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not worried about the fans being like, you screwed up or this happened or what happened or they're kind of sitting back waiting. It's yeah, like, yeah. you got a goal scored on you. It's like, okay, let's push, let's go. Even if you're the way team, you don't have the pressure of the fans, fans cheering at you, against you. The ultras you, or whatever you know what I mean? going nuts, letting flares at your goalie and stuff. I think it gives you a second or two, a little bit more like time to think about the game and it makes the game a little bit better. Yeah, that's yeah. why you've seen a lot of goals happen in, 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 in soccer right now. You've been following it. You followed a lot before this or just, Always, just now? Yeah. yeah, I like so. I Who, soccer. Who's your team? In the world, yeah. Well, I'm Greek, so it's, I'm Olympiakos. Ah, yes. I was hoping you say that. I was fishing for that. Is that one. the jersey I had? Dimitri, yeah, he, yeah. He, so he went. I went to Olympiakos game last year. Yeah, at at, at they went. Yeah. I was supposed to my brother's wedding in uh, in Vulagmeni last summer. Yeah, yeah last, last summer. summer. Got married in Vulagmeni, and then we had a day to chill. Or no, that next night went to the, the game. Yeah, next night, and I was like way too bad. I was destroyed. I was like, I can't go. So they all went. But all the non-Greeks come back with like Olympiakos jerseys, jerseys everything. They're like one of our. Do you know you know Martinez? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Martinez. He's a converted fan. He got a jersey. He's like this, this favorite team now. Well, yeah. I didn't know it's a dry stadium though. All, all it, so it's so extremely so weird. So we but got so it. But so is uh, Barcelona Stadium. Yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't, a, lot, a lot of a lot of stadiums are nuts. dry. Yeah. But you drink outside, kind of like in the bars and the restaurants yeah, that we, you go in. We were yeah. having some drinks and we're walking and guys and they have this like massive fence around the stadium and there's guys like chucking beers over and I'm like, what the. Fuck? Wait, like canned beers? Yeah, canned beers. Chuck them over. Guy's got like six in a bag, ties it up and like- Come on. Hoops it over. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And I didn't oh, get it, crazy. right? So I get up there. We're about to go to seats. I'm like, wow, there's no lines at the, at the things. I'm like, this is awesome. Let's go get our seats and then we'll we'll go get some drinks. So I walk down. I'm like, I'm going to have six beers. And they have like non-alcoholic yeah, yeah, Beer in Greek is just beer. It's very easy to say. <laughs> so I'm looking at it. I'm like, like what? I'm like, I'm pointing at it. I'm like, beer. 
like six <laughs> pointing at it. And they're like, so she brings it over. I'm like, it's like the point five or whatever. No, it's like, no, zero. It's zero. <laughs> and I was like, I think it's like Heineken, like 0. 0.0. I'm like, man, I don't even speak Greek. And I know this is zero alcohol. I was yeah. like, I guess I'll get six waters. Like, what do I get? Yeah, it's the George is like my, six hot dogs. I, I my wasn't wife even there. is uh, Fuck you. from Colombia. So I, go, I went to a couple of games this year just before COVID and stuff. And they're dry too. But, you know, they have amazing food in there. And people yeah, are just, yeah. they're just really rowdy. They're extremely rowdy. Like, Fanatic fans, they're greases too, man. Those, they're those crazy. guys are crazy. But that's why they have dry stadiums. Like Bar- I remember going to Barcelona. I walk in, I was like, I was going to get something, and it's like fully dry because most stadiums, like soccer fans, are they're they hooligans. Crazy. They're nuts. Yeah. Like if you wear the wrong jersey and you sit in the wrong part of the stadium, like you're going to get in a fight. Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, no, it's so nuts. I went to a derby in Italy, so it's Rome versus um, Lazio. So that's they both it's at, the, Col- at the Coliseum, I think. No, whatever the stadium's called. Coliseum. <laughs> Uh, I think it's called something cr- like crazy like that. When did you go? Uh, this would have been 2015. So we walk in. We're Rome. Rome's home this game, right? So you get two-thirds of the stadium, and then Lazio gets a – like you get three-quarters. Lazio gets a corner. So we get in there early. You have to walk in through a certain entrance because you can't go – like we couldn't have any of our gear on as we're walking to the stadium because we get like shanked or something. Crazy stories. People <laughs> yeah, like drive by with like crazy. mopeds, like holding knives and just like drive through crowds. I'm like, come on. Yeah, like just oh, like yeah. slashing yeah, people. Italy, especially like the Lazio Rome Derby. Beef yeah. is like big. Crazy so we beef? get there. <laughs> crazy beef. We get there. We get in the stadium. So like two-thirds of the stadium, again, just covered, like all in like, you know, that maroon Roma color. And we're all decked out. Everyone's chanting. You know, there's who who like, are you going for? What I'm going for Rome, right? Okay. My family's from there. So we're all cheering, we're all having a good time. And I'm like, the game's literally about to start. Like national anthem's done and there's nobody in that third. I'm like, how is this possible? They blow the whistle and it like, you watch, it's like almost like you kick an ant, um, an ant castle and all the ants just like squirm out. This was, it was like, it's just like baby blue, just boom, coming. And within, I'm not kidding, three minutes, the third of the, the arena was covered. Like just from nothing to absolutely slam. Lazio's a good team. They have a, they were three minutes. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is insane watching it. They were almost they were almost they had a chance to take out Juve, but they they blew a couple of games in the past couple of weeks and then they're done. I think Juve won, right? Yeah, Juve has it now. Yeah. But they had a chance. They had a couple of games yeah, to, to try to do that and they lost. Like Totti in Rome is like God. For like sure. Legit God. Yeah. Yeah. Like they cried when he retired and I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's religion out there. Where's uh of all the places you've been and seen games, was there one stadium or one team that stood up, stands out to you or, or any experience that you've had that sticks out? You know what? I haven't had a chance to go see some like the big games like Barcelona. You know, I haven't traveled to England to see a game or yeah, anything yeah. like that. So, I mean, I've, I can't really talk too much uh, about cool experience in stadiums like that. I mean, uh, going to Olympiacos games, wild. The media yeah. fans are crazy. Uh, I saw them play Ajax. So it was a pretty good, like, you know, they're another yeah, Athenian yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, so it was... It was I've seen some stuff, but I haven't been to some of the big guys. I always wanted to go to like a Bayern Munich game or yeah. something, you know, Manchester City or my United I, game. I did United. Too. Wow, actually, crazy. Same summer. I did Man United versus, um, versus Crystal Palace. So we were staying in a hostel, me and my brother. We were like, you know, we'll get to the bar at nine. Game's at one. I'm like, that's more than enough time. I'm not kidding. We got to the bar at nine and there's, it's like slammed, lined up down the road. It's like <laughs> we had to grease the guy like 50 euros to get in because we're like, okay, we're here. We can't not get in. So we get in, there's, I'm not kidding, people standing on tables partying like it's St. Paddy's Day and this is like a casual Sunday or Saturday, whatever day they play. Yeah, it's what Couldn't it's believe good, it. Yeah. And I Manchester, wish, I wish the Leaf games were like that. <laughs> yeah, man, wish. The atmosphere, yeah, it's not, it doesn't even compare. No, I, the best game I saw at ACC was a World Juniors game. And really? It was like Canada versus uh, US or US, Russia back yeah. in the day. That's when like uh, Don't Max Domi was on the team. It was a yeah, good team, yeah. right? And I think they went into like overtime and they won. It was, it was good. Good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I know which game. I didn't have to ask. Nuts. Yeah, Team Canada because everyone was 
was going crazy. It wasn't yeah. like a Leaf game where people didn't care to be there, really. Yeah. You no, know, no one cheers. But every, Team Canada was just like everyone was just going. Did you go to any Raptors games all last year? Yeah, I have seasons. I've had seasons for about eight years, nine years now. Yeah. Before, just when they first started getting okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got good, pretty decent seats now, which because in our the way it works is that every year for your section, if a guy drops out in front you of you, move forward. Yeah. You move forward for the same price. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like we're the first row and on our section now. So it's great. I split them with uh, two other guys because you're not going to go to 42 games. Just That's not, a lot. Yeah. It's, I, the first guy, like, I was like, I didn't want to go to 20 games. Like, <laughs> so we, we get about 15 games each. We just split it up and then you know, I give some out to clients. I go as myself and yeah. then playoffs them there. Like, Every, I, yeah, I, 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 I was fortunate enough to go to quite a few games of the playoffs. Yeah. And that's just the point of crazy games. Like me and Rick went to game six when they beat the Bucks. Yeah. And I, I witnessed Ricky crying. I've never seen him cry in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just, like, he's holding. Unbelievable. We had, we had signs. Yeah. We had like cutouts and he was like hugging it. I look and I'm like, are you? crying he's like it was it was man, like just I it makes me emotional man like no, no, no i couldn't I just, believe i just how, couldn't like, happen you know those like dreams like this is like when they that uh, first game against golden state and i was like oh holy shit we might actually win like we we're yeah. gonna win this game and then like oh my god we might win another game and then yeah. you're like, this could actually happen yeah, when, yeah. when we beat milwaukee you're thinking like okay we got home we got home court advantage in the finals because we we have had the second best record in mm-hmm. the east i'm like this is it and like i remember that game me and georgie went to game six and the people behind us were telling us to sit down I was like, no like, fucking chance. What is wrong with you? If you want to sit down, watch it at home. Like, you pay good money to be here. You don't pay good money to sit down. Like, like, oh, it's only the second quarter. I'm like, I don't care. This is the biggest moment that in sports history right now in Toronto. Like, get up. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. Toronto fans, so that's actually happened a few times. Like, when the Jays were having good runs, so Jays and Raps are my two teams. But when the Jays had good runs, me and my brother are big fans. And we have seats relatively close on the third base side when Donaldson was playing. And, and like it was like bought, I don't know, it was playoffs, like bottom of the ninth at like, or whatever. And I'm like, this game's almost over. We're standing up and like a lady behind us, like, can you sit down? I'm like, lady, I'm like, there's like three outs left. The game's over in 10 minutes. Like, what's wrong with you? She calls security. Security comes up to me like, can you sit? I was like, guys, I'm like, are you joking? I'm like, this is why people say Toronto fans are so are, are not terrible. shit, but they're just like, they're there just for the, like, it's all business, the whatever. Clout. Because like, I'm standing up, you're telling me to sit down. I'm cheering my team. I'm like, the whole stadium should be standing. Whereas again, to, to compare it, your soccer, no one sits ever. Yeah, right? No. It's like night and day. I've yeah. I don't know. I, the, the, I go to watch a game. I like watching the Raptors game over a Leaf game that, any day. Any the energies, yeah, it's yeah. just totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, a good Saturday night against Boston at the ACC or Scotiabank Arena is pretty cool, too. Like yeah. a Saturday night, because Saturday night's Leaf night, right? Yeah. Like everybody yeah, yeah, knows, yeah. like hockey night in Canada. People are boozing a little more. Yeah, so yeah, yeah everyone's having a, a good loose. time. People get down there a little early. So yeah. I wanted to put it back because we have a question that we missed. We, we didn't finish answering for the, the guests at, at your restaurant. So you said you told us the athlete was Sid. Oh, I don't know if you lost uh, train of thought there, but J- Jamie Jamie Fox is is probably oh, one of the most sick. amazing guys you'll meet. We like, literally just talked about him with Donovan Bailey. Yeah, yeah. so we asked Donovan Bailey. Did he say who, the same thing. Yeah, no, we we said like, who would you want to play you like in a movie? And his answer was like Jamie Fox. Yeah, or no, Michael B. Jordan. But he said like, yeah, Jamie I know, Fox. I know, I know, I know Mike very well. Like, I actually met him for at, a long time. Met him at Barrow. Yeah, so he he was at bar. He came he came. He'd come out all the time with us at Borrow before he was like a big actor. <clears throat> yeah. And then when he came back this this year around, he was doing um he had his film festival event. He's just like, What's up, boys? I'm back. Let's fucking go. Let's go to Escobar. <laughs> let's fucking get, go. Let's get, 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 get me table three hundred Escobar. We're going. Get, call everybody up. Come on. And then yeah, and so that's We're getting Michael B. Jordan on the podcast. So that's, that's how it. that's that, so that's how Jamie Jamie happened. I've I've met Jamie like fifteen years ago when we did a film festival event, film festival event way back in the Brand House. We had that venue. Brand House. Yeah. And uh um, I did New Year's there one year. No, yeah. what did it turn into after Brand House? Citizen. Yeah. No, sorry. What's the one in Liberty that you guys had? Uh, Morrow and it turned to cinema. 
That's it. Tomorrow. We did, we did at new, cinema. What did we do tomorrow? Calvin Harris. Yeah, yeah, Calvin, Calvin Harris. Harris. No, you guys did Avicii and we did Calvin Harris, no? No, I did. Yeah, we did Avicii. The, the best party that never happened. Yeah, the best party never happened. And then I did and Calvin, had Calvin Harris, Harris yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that anyways, uh, and the crazy part is both those DJs were like twenty grand at the time. It was yeah, like, and then like and now it's a like year later, they were like, more, you 100. can't get them for like a, like more than like two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or so Maddie, I did. I think me, I did six or seven New Year's at your venues. I think, I think since Crown Entertainment was one till Crown Entertainment was like eight. We did Atelier. Yeah, you set up Atelier for us when we were nineteen. Forgot about that. You one. gave us a. T- you gave us. Like whatever, 150 person venue. What did it hold? 150. Yeah, 150. You gave us that venue to two 19 year olds to throw a party. I don't think you realized we were 19 at the time. You let me and Alex throw our own New Year's party. I'm sure, there. you probably yeah, knew okay. you were younger than yeah. you. So you probably knew. I think you had fun. I was sold it out. We had a crazy time. There you go. You made money. I made money. Yeah, we had yeah, a foresight, man. He <laughs> knows. <laughs> we had a crazy. We did Atelier. Then we did Chevelle. Then we did. I think we did Cinema after. Cinema was, I remember one year that, that yeah we did that was whatever. we did cinema the year that it was the um the hockey game here I think or no the one that was in uh, the hockey game was in Michigan yeah the Winter Classic yeah this, this fuck we had, had a lot of we've had done no. a lot we of did venues, Cobra a lot one of parties year? man it's yeah. crazy <laughs> I bet you if we go to like mine and Maddie's like tags Facebook photos it's just like a million flyers yeah it's just flyers. But yeah. it's uh, I, I I got off. I don't even go on Facebook. I just sometimes I go on there. Like someone's like, oh, like oh, this is like, yo, I I, rem- I know Brody Jenner from <laughs> back in the day. And I'm like, look at this picture. And it was a picture of like me and like what, 19 like years old, hair whatever. spiky hair, wearing like a fuck Chrome Hearts tank top and like uh, deep V in the 2008 or no yeah. 2006. It was the picture. Deep V. Yeah, before Chrome Hearts, anyone knew what Chrome Hearts was. We were like, yo, what is that? And I was like, this is the shit. <laughs> this and, the shit. And now everyone's wearing it. And I, I, had like, ben, I went out shit. with Ben Simmons once, you know, the basketball player. Yeah. yeah. No, and ben we Simmons. were, we F were, we were hanging out and, uh, we went to dinner, whatever. And we were drinking and he's, it was just, I'm like, Ben, is it, is it a chill night or is it, is it like a game night? He's no, I'm just going to chill. He's, he's like, okay, one, one Moscow meal, like 10 minutes. <laughs> later, random another drink, Moscow, Moscow meal. <laughs> and then another Moscow meal. And he I was like, okay, he's like, get a table at wildflower. I'm like, okay, done. So wildflower. the whole Got night we're there. Too. He's like, what is this place? He's like, there's <laughs> girls everywhere. This is crazy. I'm like, buddy, this is. Is this like this a is, was like a, your, your buddy's a Sunday I, night at Wallflower? It was a Sunday, yeah. And like, this is what I do for a living, buddy. He's like, yeah. go, you play basketball, I throw parties. Is, you're yeah. good at you, you do, I, and I'm good at what I do. <laughs> and uh, he, he was he was he was just having a good time, and he took my favorite Chrome Hearts hat, and his head's like three times size of my head, <laughs> and he's like, yo, I love that hat, and he put it on his head, and the whole thing just like exploded, just fucking went <laughs> Come into like on. three pieces. <laughs> And then I was just R. like, R. dude, I've had that hat for like 12 years. Like, fuck you. Come on. No, I always message him. I'm like, hey, remember that hat you owe me next time you come to Toronto? <laughs> uh, he's, a good, he's a good guy to hang out with? He's a guy. He's an Australian guy. So he's, yeah, yeah. he's, he's a guy's guy. Yeah. He's chill. Very, very, very like cool. Funny yeah. guy. Um, he, he's, he's, he's young, you know what I mean? He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He just wants to have a good time. And he's, he's when it's game time, he wants to win a, like the championship. He's serious. When he wants to party, he's a good guy. And he goes yeah, out and yeah. fun. But I was going to say, speaking of some crazy parties, you started, if I'm not mistaken, La Brunch, which yeah. is arguably probably the biggest party in Toronto, like longstanding. I don't know if it's still around now because of COVID, but... No, we yeah, we stopped it. I think after, it was 10 years, I did that party for 10 years, and I stopped it. This year's the first year I stopped it. Because it went through, I think it was at... Where did it start? Nude and then Brisai. Brisai. So Brisai when it really took off. Yeah. Was, where was no, Nude? No, Nude, man. Nude, Nude was on Queen Street? We Yeah, we left Nude. 
because it was too busy. It was only like 150 seats, 100 to 120 seats. And people were like eating like on the edges of like <laughs> seats. You know what I mean? And I was like, guys, the experience is not fun here. Like we can't pump out the food enough. We can't get proper reservations in. There's a lineup. I mean, we got to, it's, you know, the baby grew old. Up. We got to get a different home. And uh, so we went to Versailles and we had a huge run there. I think huge everybody run. at some point in their life has been to a... La Brunch. La Brunch. Yeah. yeah. I went to one at Versailles. You know what was, what a, I was just a can't good do one? Sundays. That I, I started that would have been amazing if they didn't fuck it up. Digital Dreams. Digital oh, Dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one I, we created. So you, yeah, yeah you, were, you, were, you started that. And then what happened? Live, like Live Nation? Live Nation, obviously, kind of we did, I did. We started it. It was our idea. <clears throat> and we went to Live Nations because we wanted to do it on the grounds, right? And obviously they had the DJ like hookups at the time. So did we. So we booked all the tech guys and the deep house guys. They did a lot of the, like, the EDM guys, but mm-hmm. they had the production background, which we didn't. So we went on a 50-50 partnership. And after year three, like you guys remember that was, we were doing like 30,000 people a day. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. And, and they were, sold t- I remember selling now, like physical tickets for that with yeah. you. But the first two years, like was it in the parking lot that it moved over to the full ground? No, was it, was on, it was the first year it was on Echo Beach. Yep. Yes, yes. And the then, sand. And that was the tech one. And then we had a parking lot as well. It, we had two stages. And then the second year with the three stage with the deep house one on the back there. But also we had a tent for, um, what's that kind of music called? Dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> what's it called? What's it, what's it I called? I don't know. That, I don't know. That stuff, like people are, have the pacifiers and the crazy <laughs> shit. But um, it, we, we sold a lot of tickets. It was a great event. It just got really big. And, that, you know, they, they're a big, massive company. And they have we actually went that. to court. <clears throat> We uh, put our evaluation with an arbitrator, and they bought us out. So okay. was, I wish I could have kept going on that because that was that was my baby. That was sick. And that was sick. on the top. Well, that was the, f- the first big festival. Yeah, that was before. That was before that was, that was well. No, us and Veld went head to head. Same time. Like same, same time. time you first year, same launch, head to head. And then as soon as we were gone, dude, I don't know what happened. Like the Greek gods are on my side. But <laughs> the first year we got bought out, the, the, it was like a rainstorm, whatever. The the, 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 the stage the, fell over. Like they, they canceled. canceled. They gave it. everyone Remember, their tickets we to, back. We went to DB Intercini's condo that year. Was that Bud Light Living? Uh, maybe it was the Bud Light Living year. What year was that? Were they, 2016? No, I don't know. Is it the fourth year they got rained out. The next year... It, they did. They had a terrible lineup. Veld murdered them on the lineup, and so they didn't sell many tickets. Then they changed it to Dreams Festival or Digital. Just, no, just they rebranded just dreams, it. Yeah. Dreams, yeah. Just Dreams, and then another rainout happened. It's, it's been terrible for them. They, they sell like six thousand tickets now. Jesus. Yeah, yeah the Greek God's definitely on your side. <laughs> Dude, I do the I do the Greek God rain dance every year. <laughs> No does one knows your, that day. Does your just, mom give you the mati whatever to make sure you're good? That's it. I just I do a little prayer in the morning and just say good luck. Then you go. And just send, send the lightning speak. god after them. I guess we should have said this at the beginning. I'm with two f- Greeks in the room. I'm like big time Greeks. See, we all know George is Greek. Maddie, Maddie Samaras, Greek. Uh, Wait, I want to ask questions before we pivot back to this oh, topic. Okay. Are you going to go to Mykonos this summer? No, no. Literally, <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm Come like, on. what's your favorite place in Greece? I was okay, going. wait. Let's ask that for, question. First, first year, the first time I went to Mykonos when I was 18. And I have gone every year since. I, miss, I think I missed First one year. First time I went, I was 18. I've gone every this year since. This is the second time I've missed Mykonos in like, I'd say like 18 years. Yeah. 19 years. Crazy. I bumped into you and Sean Chase one summer at Paradise Beach Club. I yeah. probably don't remember. It was, it was like, oh, 2007. Wait, what was the university? 08? So like 2010 probably. Yeah. I was at Paradise Beach Club like, with, with like Dimitri Kita Zox, my buddies, and they all wanted to leave. And I think I knew you or Sean were there, so I messaged somebody. And then I go, I was like, okay, I'm going to stay for one drink. And you had like 
you're at a booth at the at the counter at the bar and you had more balls than anybody in a booth you had like two magnums or something like you're like stay i'm like dude i like everyone's leaving you're like i'll dr- i'll get you home we ended up drinking at that bar so, like it was like I, 1 a.m we that, stayed till like 6 30 i had that island on lock dude yeah lock. i had like, shut that place down out. i've showed it to everybody i'm like People, this is this is how you do Miko. It took me a little bit, a couple years to figure out the yeah. way to land my connections. You know what I mean? And then yeah. now I just I have a routine. Just Same, go shake yeah. the right hands, and everyone knows that's I'm it. There kiss the right good. babies, and that's it. But that's it's true, it. it's, and it's very different. Like when you when we used to go, like even when I went, when I bumped into you that year, like I mean, it's a long time ago now. But back then there was no Scorpios, there was no Alamagu, there was no like even some of the restaurants. It was more like you went down Scorpio through like Sundays. little Ill, or a little vent, little little Venice, whatever, and then like somebody like Bobonieri, like asked smaller, like the main strip, the smaller, it was, it, different vibe. towns, and you know obviously. Cabo is huge. It's been there forever. So those you go late night to that place. Yeah, but now yeah. there's so much offerings, and it's it's a worldwide destination spot. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Mykonos. I don't think I'll go back there many more times, just yeah. because the the people that are there are not, you know, the crowd that I was grown up to go to Mykonos yeah. with. You know what I mean? There's no Greeks in Mykonos. It's become yeah, a more, it's become more superficial. So many man. shitty Italians Greek, and Brits. So when you're Greek and you want to go to like, yo, where'd all the cool, hot, cool Greek people hang out? It used to be Mykonos. Now it's yeah. like all the cool people don't go to Mykonos. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. And like a lot, it's, the, it's the people who think they cool, they're cool, they go to Mykonos. Yeah. yeah. Like, listen, I, I, like some people say, you know, it's become, there's the ones that say like, it's become so commercialized. And I think when, when it first started becoming like all these new clubs, it was cool because like it, it gave it a new element. Like the vibes of these places are cool, but I do agree. Like even now when I go, I mean, I speak very fluent Greek. So when I go somewhere, you know, like, it's kind of cool. Like as as tourists, when we speak Greek to them, it's like, oh, you're not from here, but you're Greek. Sick. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, you it's, get like, the, it's like your country. You get the, you get the extra yeah. little bit of like you know, the the plate's a little bit bigger. Yeah. You know what I mean? But now that doesn't happen as much because now it's like everyone goes, so it's like, oh, okay, cool. You're just I'll tell tourist. you where it changed for me. It wasn't just about Americans going there or other people going there, which is fine because there's cool people from all around the world that to have fun with and party with. It's when the staff that are there working the venues are not even Greek. Don't speak Greek. Yeah. Then I like nothing. I one time I spoke. I was like, I was trying to talk Greek, and I'm like, oh, they're like, we're not Greek. I was like, oh, okay, speak English. They're like, no. I'm like, what's where are you from? Ladies, like, I'm Swedish. I was like, what language? Yeah, are they're like, flying people in from all over the world, and that's what makes me Russia. upset because there's no, Greek, true. a lot of foreigners. There's going Greeks out of work there, there that need need jobs, bro. And they're giving jobs out to all these other people, basically, to just go enjoy their summer. Yeah. and work on tips. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I noticed that, yeah. You should be giving it to the like that's how our, our bread and butter is in our countries. Yeah, yeah. is tourism and summertime and. They should be offering the old Greek owners are the ones that fault, but should be offering Greek job people to Greeks for sure. Or 100%. they should be policing and being like, you know what, you want to work on the islands, like keep it within the country's like community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, now 100%. these people are making crazy money on tips or whatever, and then they're just taking it out of the country, not paying any tax. Yeah. And what not does that do to our system? The, yeah. But you know, when they need anything, well, even a lot of the venues too up. are owned by like foreign. More yeah, so a lot now. of venues a lot are of owned islands, by foreigners, yeah, yeah. which is which is fine. And foreign investments fine, but sure. Use use the local staff. Yeah, I agree. What's so. your uh, of all the places you've been there, for, like restaurant wise, the one that stands out there to you that that's like resonates a lot? Oh, there's so many. You can't even put a I don't want, You can't even say one restaurant. The, the best thing thing to do for me is not go to any of those restaurants and go to like a local taverna. Like yeah. that, you know what I mean? Just like a mom and pop on it. Like, classico. Like you just there is no menu. It's like this is what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Tonight we got lamb. We got lamb chops. We got steak. What do you want? We got yeah. We got, <laughs> we got lamb chops. Don't, don't mind that. That one right there. Yeah. Suzuki. Give me this. And the guy just naming up salad. Just beat this. This that. And you're like. 
Okay, one of everything you just said. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works. Though. Like, so Ricky's been to my village. He's come to Nyata, which our village is like, we've talked about it before in this, but I'm from a town in the south, three hours from Athens, and it's a, a population of like 500 people, and it's like the most lit town, 500 people. We have like Center three or four universe. restaurants. God was born in Nyata, buddy. Um, but that's how it is in our village. Like you go to the restaurant, and they just like every night, the guy comes out, who owns it, he tells you like seven, ten things on the menu, that's and that's it. You order best. from the, it. Because you, 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 you don't know, like it, go eat somewhere else. You know you're getting to the... If, he, if that's what he only too. has, that means that's what he bought for that day or yeah. Like yeah. for it's two real days. food, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way I like to eat when I go there. If I'm going to go to Greece, I want to eat that like... Authentic. Yaya's cooking. Or yeah. like, you know, the guy that's been cooking that lamb chop or that spit... He's been doing it for 40 years, second yeah, yeah. generation. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and he's just on the souffle, just like, like sweating. sweating. He's wearing a white beater. Trigging, he's trigging got a towel Uzo. over his shirt. He's just sitting there like dying, like just to get it out. You know what I mean? That's so funny. I can picture that. Like you see the old guy just in there smoking cigarettes, just yeah, like just, just drinking, just cooking. going. It doesn't matter. But that, that, that's how it's done. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, that's how I was growing up. You know what I mean? That I'm from, my mom's from Sparty. My dad's from a, from a smaller town, like a beach town outside of Patra. He looks Patra. more Spartan than I do, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would get kicked down that well. <laughs> Those kids in the Sparta movie, that's me I'm going down. Um, called Nafpaktos. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I love going to, like, the smaller places and, and just eating like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, seafood night or, like, you go do, like, a barbecue night, like, a souffle night, they call it, where it's just, like, just meats. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, like, you get everything. Do you do that? So, when you travel then and go to these, like, anywhere you go in the world, anywhere you've been, do you typically, like... Do you like to go to like popular restaurants to see what they're doing? Do you like to go to the small ones to get inspiration and get local flavors? Like Great what's question. your kind of thing? There's like three things I like to do when I go. I like to, A, I ask some of my local chefs here in Toronto. I'm like, hey, have you been here? What should I go? Where's the spots? You know what I mean? What should I do? So I'll hit my buddy up, my chef friends from here who know, you know, culinary, know chefs from there, or maybe hook me up with someone. Second, I'll contact whoever I'm, I, I say I'm going to Mexico City and I have a buddy in Mexico City. I'm saying, where is it? Where am I going for tacos? Where am I going for mm -hmm. lunch? Where am I going for dinner? Like, you know, my buddy that lives in Mexico City, he's going to tell me where I got to check. You know what I mean? Uh, and then third, I'll ask a concierge just to see, like, you know, what they're recommending, uh, what's hot and what's not. And then obviously, if you're going there for a specific reason to eat at a Michelin star restaurant or you heard of something, from a famous celebrity chef or maybe from you know TV or wherever it may be or something you read in a magazine, you go check that out. But I always start with my local chefs here. They give me a couple of recommendations, local friends, and then some concierge uh, recommendations always helps too. Nice, very nice. I actually have two more. That just give me two more thoughts then. Is there one restaurant in the world that you've been to that stands out above all others, whether it's a local, a Michelin star, one of yours, but one that's like you would, if you had to go eat one place right now? I've never, I've, I'll, I'll, I've never enjoyed a Michelin star experience restaurant. I'll tell you that right now. Wow. I've, I've had good plates, like dishes at Michelin star restaurants and I've ate at many, but as an experience, I just don't like two things. I don't, I don't like the over and th there's different types of Michelin stars. So like when I go to, when I went to Asia, Michelin star, like we went to a Michelin star, like, uh, you know, noodle place. We just went for noodles, Ma Max noodles, Mackey's noodles. I think it was called. And it was like a two Michelin star, like, but it's not like what you think. There's no like service or uh, cutlery or servers. It was just like, you go in there and it's just like, it's the best noodles in the world place. Yeah. You just get noodles. That's it. You know what I mean? So they measure their Michelin places a little bit different 
uh, just because like it's not like that. There's so the many good places experience. with so much crazy food. Yeah. That you know where they just measure it different in Asia than other parts of the world. So like you might go for you one day went for the like Michelin star duck. You know what I mean? And the restaurant looks like you're just on Spadina. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like crazy. <laughs> out of town, yeah. It was plastic. Like there's no like white table. <laughs> it was just plastic. Yeah. But it was the best duck that you you've ever. And yeah. that's what they do. They just sell duck. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'd say. Other than that, like I haven't, I, there's a few dishes, but the whole experience, I don't like those little plates. Yeah. I don't like leaving unsatisfied. Uh, I don't like 13 waiters like sitting there like, Waiting. okay, go. And they all put the plate at the same time or they all take the plate at the same time. It's or like, they play it in front of you and they're all doing it. Yeah, and I'm like, just chill. Like, let me like, you have fun. Drop your shit. Like, talk to me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, tell me a story. Who's been like, tell me something funny. You <laughs> yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like, <laughs> entertain I like, me. Yeah. I like waiters. Like, this is how I try to be with my staff too. It's just like, Part of the experience that I want people to have or you should have in a restaurant, I feel, is that you you and the waiter should want or waitress, sorry, should almost want to go have a shot or a beer after. Yeah. It's like, that guy's sick. I like that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. It was good. The customer and even if you're on right? a date, it's it's like, you know, you should be like, that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this guy's sick. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> you know, like, remember that guy? Yeah. That guy's sick. Like, he's, yeah. no, but it's just, true. Your facial expressions are awesome, buddy. I'm just <laughs> saying. You're killing you know I mean? me. Like, that guy. You're killing me right you now. Just I love need him. to. You just never have a personal relationship because as the experience goes, you need to feel comfortable. You need to feel like if something's not right or something's amazing, you can be like, yo, great. Like, thanks for the recommendation. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, dab, see you later. You know what I mean? Um, so I like eating like that. The best restaurant that I would say is the most memorable that always stick on my, stuck to my head uh, was in this place. It was it was this Italian restaurant in Florinopolis in Brazil. Florinopolis is like uh, like the South Beach of-, of It's the rich area. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a rich like- Kind of my, my cousin's currently down there right now. Yeah, in, in in Brazil, party place. You know, you see Ferraris and crazy places. Whatever, it's one of those bougie I, places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, South Beach of spots. Brazil. Yeah. And I was told that's where you, like you go party. You know what I mean? So we went down there for a week, uh, a bunch of guys, and we just hung out and we did the whole Michelin star thing. We did the high end restaurant, and I was and I was like, yo, we just want to go for like nice pasta and pizza. You know what I mean? And they sent us to like, yo, this place is famous. But it's really difficult to get a reservation. But it's it's chill vibes. Like go in like tank top and, and shorts because you know it's hot there. Yeah. So we went there, guys. The the pasta is two Italian guys that were like surfer guys that left Italy, and they were also chefs. Like you know took their like recipes from Italy from their grandparents or whatever and went there and it was some of the best pasta I've ever had in my life. Some of the best pizza chill environment they were super like the guys were sitting there hanging out and that experience yeah, the waiter yeah. you know what i mean that's what it was, it was telling you about the plate like the, back, the, plates, the like, oh yeah you know this is why they told you about when the owner they told comes you about out their too. experience of why they're there it's like oh you know we left italy this is what we like this is what, you know, we came here once we yeah, fell in love yeah, we, yeah. Went Russia, we moved our life here this is what, and it was like sick the passion came from this story and you can feel yeah, it in the food yeah yeah and it was just beautiful beautiful like Italian food. And I've been lots of places in Italy and yeah. Italy's got a re amazing restaurants too. Um, but this was like, it was the whole memorable. experience made it memorable. Like everything, it, like the story, it's almost like it's psychological. And I mean, you don't expect it. But yeah. The and then the story right? yeah. makes you enjoy the food. You're relaxed. Like, it just, everything ties together perfectly. Yeah. George, I don't think I've ever asked you this. What's your favorite restaurant in the world or favorite? Like you've one spot. Oh, there's one place in Athens. I always go to. Actually, I don't know. It's hard to say. There's what was one the first place okay, that came into sorry, my mind. The first place that came to my mind, I had it a couple of years ago when I was uh, when I did my trip. I spent a couple of months in Greece, and there's a place off Ermu 
called Okostas. It's a little souvlaki store. It's the size of like my doorway. Like I know you're. T- I know You know off this, and then I don't know. When we make a right. Yeah, it's yeah. by the church there. It's a, it's 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 a, like a green door. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then this guy just opens and he sells, and when he, he's done by like one p.m. Yeah, lunch closes. He's but finished. he makes souvlaki. They're like this big. So like you know when you go to Mr. Greek, they're like massive souvlaki. It's not like that in Greece. They make little called kalamaika. They're like this big. He basically takes a pita. You can get it regular or spicy, and all That's that it. means <laughs> is he puts the souvlaki, puts some tomatoes and onions, and he throws the spicy. Get some hot peppers. That's it. Two euros per euro, or you can get plain souvlaki for like a euro, and maybe some fries. That's all. And pop. You buy it. You eat in the corner. You go. If you go at lunch hour, there's a lineup. And if you're there past one, it's closed. He's done his food. Yeah, it's like once he's sold out, he's sold out. And it could be like 11 a.m. or like 2 p.m. You don't yeah. know. And that place to me, it stands out. It, I wouldn't say it's like my favorite restaurant. Like I've had oh, a Michelin place star, stands out. Yeah. but like, because I remember the first time I went, it was in January. Like I was like, I was by myself there, walked up to the counter, just passed it. And I was leaning on the counter and he saw my tattoo and he's like, oh, he's reading it in Greek. But he's like, he's like, like in Greek, he's like, I like, you're Greek. I was like, yeah. So I'm speaking Greek. And then I, I don't know, he said, well, where are you from? And, I, and then in English, I'm like, Toronto. He's like, oh, like, your Greek's really good. Like, you sound like you're from here. Then we started shooting the shit. He's like, I think, he said his family in Montreal and Toronto. And I was holding the line up. And people were like, and Greeks get yelling impatient. You, yeah. No, Greeks get impatient. They're like, Ella, like, they're yelling at me like, Ella, like, move, you, like, you idiot. And the guy's like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to talk to this kid. And I, he, like, and he just hung up. Like, let me hold the line up to talk to me. And I was like, that whole experience it was just really, really memorable. Stands out, yeah. Every time I went back, he remembered me and he would give me an extra flaggy. That guy, and that's why I like, that that goes like going back. Free food goes a long way for my boy. Yeah, that guy's, that guy, I haven't been to it. I've gone three times and he's closed. I'm like, yeah. Because you, you, yo, you don't want to be walking around Athens in like August in the summertime. It's no, like no. One o'clock. It's, it's, like it's like 100 degrees. You're dead. Yeah, you want to be by the water. But you, if you want to go eat this food, it's like, it's closed by then. Yeah. That's the kind of place that I like. Those little small casual walk-ups. And there's one place called Cuisina as well. But anyways, that's a regular restaurant. That one is mine. You know, it's that one for me that's like, it's a big box one, but it's an amazing experience every single time. And they curate it unbelievably all the time. Okay. Carbone. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've Carbone had, in New York. Carbone, I wouldn't really call it a big box restaurant. Well, they have no, a bunch of locations they, they have, now. Yeah, they have but, multiple but locations. Like the keg is a big box restaurant okay. to me. Right? Okay. Like, not a big box, but they, they have both. It's. They have what, four locations? It's a huge company. Yeah. I don't know if you know about it. They have, a huge, they have a multiple restaurants, that restaurant group, and they, they just have re- lots of restaurants that look and feel little small ones like that. Okay. But that whole customer ex- the journey that they give you, it's like, it's thought out to the T. Like, we were sitting there with my boys after, you know, when you finish dinner, we were shooting the shit, a bunch of my friends from New York, we haven't seen each other for a while, and the guy brings over, like, um... Well, how do you think it's called chestnuts? You know what I mean? Castanias. Castanias. Yeah. Castanias and oranges. And he's like, yeah, it's, a, it's tradition. Italy when you're talking shit after your meal, you eat chestnuts and you eat orange. Peel <laughs> and you oranges. peel them off, you leave them on the table. And I was like, like if anything I wanted to do at that moment was peel an orange and just talk shit with my friends. <laughs> and this guy came over and told me that's what I should be doing. And in my head, I was like, this is exactly what I should be doing. This is exactly what I didn't know I wanted to be doing right exactly. now. Exactly. This that's is crazy. Is, and, and, and when I asked him, like, Dude, I'm like, how'd you even? Why? How'd you come up with that? Because you'd have to think that's a micro customer experience where he just thought about that. But they probably train with if, if a group of guys hanging out, drinking some wine after the meal for an hour. Let them stay, and this is what you do: A, B, and C. Yeah. That's you a thing that's really cool. That's and if it's just maybe it's a those girl, little things, right? If it's a girl and a guy, then you do this, and maybe yeah, something yeah. else like, come out. Nice wine or like a something, right? Or like there, yeah, there's some like uh, you know, they push digest that come yeah. out. You do a shot with or something, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. But these guys, bunch of old men, and they bring about shots of zambuca or yeah, something. Yeah. They pre-plan all that, 
all those little details, and that's, that's what, what makes the atten- attention your, to detail. Your, that's what makes them. That's what makes it memorable, man. Yeah, it's the micro stuff. Like you can look at anything on a macro level, and like people can say, "I want to build this great concept." But even to your point, going back to what you did with Borrow, like looking how the light reflects and all this stuff. Like if you don't go to the fine details, the crazy thing is when you walk into a restaurant, you might be like, or "Any space, really?" You're like, "Oh, this all looks nice," but people don't realize like it's when you're sitting in the booth and like, or and you look to your left, like oh, they might have missed something here. Or I'm standing in the washroom line. Like, why did he decide to put this picture here? Like, it's the little things people notice, right? Sure. You can look at the whole thing and say, this place we, looks cool. We have a budget for our staff now. We have a micro customer experience budget for each staff member, 20 bucks every night. So they can spend 20 bucks every night on a micro customer experience That's cool. for a guest. And it can't just be, thanks for coming, do a shot or whatever. It has to be creative. So like, I'll give you two, I'll give you a good one. This is a good one. Like one of my staff members did. I hope um, one. Like I hope it's something that we saw one day or something. No, no. You, this is just. Now I'm gonna clue into this. Now next time I'm at any one of Maddie's yeah, venues, I mean, I'll tell you a couple like random ones, but like easy ones. Like okay, the, last Friday this girl called me and she's like, "Do you have pickle juice?" I'm like, "Why?" She's like, "Oh, my, it was a company party and there was two groups of six, social distance, obviously." And she's like, "But we do pickle backs at our office every Friday after work." And this was kind of like they're doing like a Friday after work outing. So I got my staff and I was like, you know, they like picklebacks, make sure that we give them a round of picklebacks or whatever they want. So we don't have pickle juice, but my st- one of my staff members went to the corner store, they bought pickle juice, left a card and said, we heard you guys like picklebacks, enjoy on borrow, you know what I mean? So ah, when they showed up, it was like, boom. But a good one, the best one we did, or like a good one we did was there was a guys from New York and they were here on business and I guess they were here for the day and they came for dinner and they overheard uh, the girl overheard that they were just here for you know dinner, and then they had to catch a flight or whatever it may be. And she's like, "Oh, the girl saying how's Toronto?" He's like, "Oh, we know we we got to do everything except go to Tim Hortons for Timbits." It was like a joke, right? And fucking halfway through their meal, she remembered that got the manager to go to Tim Hortons, and they said, "Hey, guys, they didn't order dessert, but she goes, "Hey guys, for your plane ride, here's a box of Timbits." Wow! Sick. And the guy was like, "That's fucking sick." Yeah, that's 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 the shit though. Man, man. That, that's what gives that's, you the that's, that's what gives the you the good guys, Google that reviews. That kind of shit man. is the guys like how we're sitting here telling the story about the surfers and telling the story about Carbone and stuff like that. That's the guys sitting in a New York apartment right now telling stories about when you go to Toronto, you gotta yeah. borrow because of everything. Yeah, right? everything, everything. Yeah. Like you know, the easy ones to do is if a, a couple was late for couples are late for like shows if they ever we make sure an Uber is ready for them. We went so they don't have to hail a cab. You know, things like that. Those are easy ones. But it's, it's up to the staff members and team members to get creative. You know what I mean? We give them the budget. There's no yeah. one that does that, dude. There's, yeah. Man, we have like that 50 is good. staff you empower them to feel like they're part. But like being an entrepreneur running a company, like you want your people to not just feel like it's like, hey, Maddie says go do this, go do this. Like, no, like you guys are part of this. You're part of the culture. You're part of the experience. Like embrace it and do something to influence that experience. 100%. Like, so we go ahead. No, no, I was continue. continue. I was, so we, so on our end, we do it's when we, on our, when we do our onboarding, we have a $20 gift. So at the end of every interview, if we hire you or don't hire you, we ask you what's a $20 indulgence that you can't live without. You know what I mean? And the day your first, the first day you come to work, like on your in your locker with your uniform is that that gift you told us that you'd love to Kit have cats or something yeah. whatever it may be you know what i mean like you know, blunt wraps i don't know <laughs> and you just we go to your uh, your your locker and the, your uniform's there with a blunt i was like oh that's what i wrote down you know yeah so it's the same way we gave them that that micro customer experience uh-huh. we want them to use that 20 dollars or whatever it may be if it's more it's fine you just have to get approval by the manager and uh to, to your guests that, you know that's what I mean? awesome, and that's, that's what makes 
That's why you have to go above and beyond. That's how you create. That's what makes the customer experience that much more memorable, that much more special. So that when they're doing, when they're going out again, some of these people might only go out for dinner once a month, once every two months or something. When they go out again, they know where to go. And you know what the biggest problem is for, for for hospitality now is Toronto's growing big. And like I said, you know those people that used to live in Oakville and Vaughan or. Coming downtown is not a regular thing no, for them. It's for not cheap there's either. So many, it's not cheap, but there's so many options, good options, in their neighborhoods and areas that, you know, why all come all the way down? And the competition's grown. Obviously, the city's grown, but yeah. the competition is, is, is tight out there. So you have to have an edge. You have to uh, make sure your, your team and your staff has is, is got your back and, and, and part of that culture of the restaurant and is constantly speaking to the tribe of people that support you i guess sorry just on that note too the other the other added bonus of that too is as you know as the you know as the, the owner of this company like people then say oh hey like i can go work at this restaurant or i can go at this restaurant where you know maddie has this idea where he get, empowers the people and you makes you your company your group your venues more like a, a more f- desirable employer if you will because for sure you also have to differentiate yourself you want to attract the best talent too so doing that people are like wow i actually feel part of this like well, the, part the, of this establishment the best promoter for for for, for your, your business is your own team members you know yeah. they're yeah, the 100%. ones that are going to be at a party uh or at a barbecue or at another venue saying i work here it's fucking awesome well yeah, yeah. when they want to do their birthdays and, and stuff you want them to do their and, birthdays and, with and you too there right? you go you know you don't need recruiters you don't need to go, you don't you don't need to go around and knock on doors looking for good staff. Yeah. You know they're gonna tr- they knock on your door asking for those. They're jobs. gonna actually come to you. So when you you know Sam interviewing a chef or whatever is like, well, what have you heard? Like one of the questions I asked, what have you heard about us? You know, not just what I heard about you. What have you heard about us? And you know, if they, in that conversation is if I wouldn't be here if I w- didn't hear you guys have a good company culture. Yeah. Then then I'm not doing my job right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I want to be wow. known for. Obviously, COVID's here now, and 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 things are, things are the land of the day. The lands changed a lot. And, uh, you know, budgets are a lot tighter, so we can't do as much fun stuff for yeah. our team members right now. Um, one of the craziest things for me, man, like, and, and I've, I've worked really hard a lot of hours to, like, build myself up to get to where I was. And, you know, I, people don't know this. That everything where I am today was all preset in my head, like, four years ago, five years ago. I was like, this is where I want to be when I'm 35, 36 years old. And I did that, and I did everything I said it was going to. Dasha was the last piece. Because wow. four or five years ago, no, six years ago, five years ago, sorry, uh, when I was 30, that's when my landlord bought me out. And they were like, look, we're going to move you to a new building. And that's why I was like, okay, we're going to build borrow there. But you have first right of refusal to do something here. So I'm like, okay, Portland, in six years, we're going to have we're gonna have a new venue here. And then I'm going to have we'll have Citizen. And then I have Everly. And then we have, okay, and then Wildflower. And then, okay, okay Mr. Wolf. So all the pieces of the puzzle oh, and the yeah. chips were, were, were in the, the, it was built perfectly. And I think two weeks before COVID had, I had my first huge honeycomb hospital. You know, and I wanted my, my goal in my head was to d- develop and build this proper, full functional proper hospitality company, and that that means HR, accounting, finance divisions, marketing divisions. Like every division was fully, and it takes time, guys. You can't just yeah, do yeah. it all at once. Like once you fully build your marketing division with people in it, okay, they're off to doing what they're doing. You don't need to micromanage them. They're good. You go off and build your finance division, your finance team, your accountants, your director of finance, how your reporting works, how your food costing works, how your uh, how the whole system works for every restaurant, for your managers to see how the numbers are working, who's making money, who's not, where we're bleeding, where we're not bleeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all, all that was built out, which is 
extremely difficult. You know what I mean? Especially when inventory systems and all that stuff. Yeah. Because counting all this shit at multiple restaurants and making sure all the information is difficult. HR, you know, to make sure the pe- director of people is there and he's good and he's talking to our team members. So this was all in my head to build Biotime. I was 35 and we just 36 and got there. And two weeks before COVID, we had our first company party for almost 400 staff members. Wow. We did it at um, Rec Room, the back room, full day. Uh, you know, we did our speeches as, as me and my partner as, as opening speeches. We had the general managers, sorry, the director of um, nightlife and director of uh, the company go do their stuff. We had a, um, an illusionist do some games and fun team building stuff. And, and there was a moment I was like, I watched this all happen for a day and I was, I was like, I f- I'm fucking here. This is it. This is it. I was like, I hear I did it. It's finally all those nights of working till 4 a.m. and then coming home and going to the gym at 9 a.m. and just continuously to push and grind. I was like, I, I, I finally accomplished what I feel like I needed to be. This is where I want to be. Where right I want to be in my life. You know what I mean? And fucking two weeks later, COVID hits. And I had to go lay off 300 people. Jesus. It was the hardest day of like, yo, imagine like turning off, like the engine's running like simultaneously things are going perfect you know we just launched two brand new venues a three million dollar chinese restaurant a nightclub at mr wolf and and then boom like you just you actually hey guys call everybody we're closed today post it let's get the uh, pr company on it like look we have to do a post what you know what what's going on in the world and like you just, just turn the engine off yeah and it was it was dude i went home and after that day of like because it was a it was a serious day like you know what I mean? And I like sat there like confused, man, confused, curled up in a ball. Like what the hell's going on? And, and I'm pretty positive. So for me, I was like, it's okay. Two weeks we'll be back. We're going to do a couple of big parties. We'll a couple of big, amazing promotions. You know what I mean? We'll do some free pancakes, get the brunch back. Well, you know, whatever, you know, what I mean? we'll do some cool stuff to get it going. Your and, mind and was then, still going. Yeah. Yeah. My mind was still going like, don't worry. We're good. Like we're going to get through this door and everything, you know? And then like two weeks goes and it's like, Okay, it's we're worse. going more and going deeper, and yeah. we're going deeper, and we're going deeper. And then I was completely lost for a little bit. I was like, "What the hell do I do here?" You know what I mean? And um, that's where me and my partner had to like really dig back in uh, to to where we want to be in our careers and lives, and how do we how do we navigate through this? Because uh, you know, just for a second, you sit back and like, "What am I going to do?" Right? I thought I was going to lose everything and over like that I built in my did my whole life in, in, in two months. I was like, "I'm done." I'm like, "What do I do?" But you have to you have to change gears and be and be a boss and put on a different hat and a leader. And uh, we bunkered in and we we sat there with the finance guys, and uh, you know just mapped out like what happens. You know what's our scenarios here? Like A, B, and C. Like worst case, best case, or you know middle case. Where where do we land? How do we navigate financially? How do we reopen? How do we get ready for a second wave? What happens if we go bankrupt? Like, you don't know, right? Like, this thing could happen. There's so much unknown. We didn't know if they they just said, guys, nightclubs will never open again, ever. You know, who knows? Whatever I mean. What do we do? How do we pivot? Um, And then we went through that whole process. So it was was definitely some long, boring days. And for me, who I'm like an extrovert, I need to be around people. Like, I get really anxiety attacks, but I'm not like out there, like, you know, doing stuff like this. Um, staying at home, you know, I've never stayed home that much in my life. I'm, I've gone out six days a week. I run, I run six nights 
We're open seven days a week, but I run six nights on the nightlife end as well. You know what I mean? Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesdays at Everly, Wednesdays at Escobar, Thursdays at Escobar, Fridays, Mr. Wolf, Saturdays, every every single place. You know, Sundays, Wildflower, you know? Like, it was yeah. every night I have, like, on my market go, 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 in the yeah. city. Yeah. And I go out six days a week for 15 years. And now you're telling me to stay home on a Saturday night? It's never been done. Maddie's <laughs> <laughs> looking done. out his balcony. It's never like, been done. Oh, I had some freak outs, man. I just went, I just, I'm like, I got to get out of the house. I had to go, like, I bought a bike. Started biking around, you know. Just ah, join the cycle gang, yeah, buddy. So you know, it it was it was interesting. Knocking was on Maddie's door soon with my bicycle. Hey, you want to come? It was a ride? huge learning experience, and and you know we had a pre plan, and there were some tough conversations um, with our team, with ourselves, and uh, you know there's there's there, there's a huge learning lesson that we have to prepare for, and right now it's just about holding on. You know, financially being properly smart of, of how you spend and how you reopen every unit. Because, you know, to open these places back up, it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know some friends in Miami uh, who are restaurateurs and they spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to COVID train, to COVID prepare, to, you know, how we relaunch. And they open back up and they spent, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And then a month later, they're closed again. And then yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, what are you doing? A lot of I'm like, what are you going to do? Like, how do you, he's like, he's like, Matt, he's like, screw it. He's like, I'm just not going to reopen until it's time to reopen. He's like, why are we going to do this open cat and mouse game, open, close, open, close. Customers don't feel comfortable. The experience is not, how do you, how do you recreate an ambiance in a restaurant? Like we just talked about earlier on with, you know, a table here and someone down there or a waiter sitting there with a dark Vader mask on, like trying to be like, what can I get you? <laughs> You know what, what I mean? can I get you? No, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, how, that you not that it. It, that's happening, but how no, do we recreate it? You know, and the biggest difficult thing that I'm finding now, especially like with our VIPs and our, our, our customers, it, we're, we're slammed, right? We're only 50% capacity on a roof, on our patio. So, you know, we're talking about 40, 40 chairs up to 70 chairs. And we're obviously, we're, we're busy, busy places. How do you tell people who's been spending money on you for years I can't get your I see. I can't get your reservation. Yeah, we're full. We can't do this. Hey, yeah. there's six of you. There's seven at you at the table. One of you have to leave and go over there, or you can't sit in, or you can't come in. There's too many. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, I'm ready to spend this much. I, I can't. You know what I mean? We have to. We have to obey the rules and, and do our part to 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 get through this with everyone else. Because if we just start screwing it up, uh, we're just going to end up being closed again. So yeah. you know, we have to. We, we're navigating it smart right now. We have a plan to properly reopen some of the units in some different capacities. Some we're going to keep closed uh, just because it makes more sense just to be closed. And restaurants work on very, very thin margins. People don't understand. They think like, oh, yeah, restaurants, busy. It's okay. Like busy is great, but that's more food going out. It's more More cost, more overhead, more managers, more more everything. Rent's high. You're on the best corner, whatever it may be. So, you know, you're already working on thin margins. And if you're not... 70 to 80 percent full you're not breaking even 80 percent is like where we start making money you know what i mean so how are we supposed to make money uh when our restaurants only have 50 percent capacity you know what i'm saying yeah obviously the wage subsidies and all these other things that'll help uh that the government's doing but you know some maybe it's sometimes better to be closed and and just do what you got to do and minimize like minimize your expenditures and then when it's time to open you reopen yeah properly properly, and you don't piss people off and you do it, you execute the right way. Yeah. So on that on that note too, so then like just to move forward, I mean, I know we're nearing the time, like the, near the end here, but like what's the plan for you guys now? Is it like, I know you just kind of went over it, but is it um, just case by case? Is it wait and see? Is it the club's wait till, because till, again, to your point, we didn't even talk about Mr. Wolf. Like I went to Mr. Uh, I think 
one of the best new venues and like the best venues in the city. I think the vibe you guys built is amazing. I feel like I'm in Mykonos when I'm in there sometimes. Yeah, I mean, sick. Me, but like that, a place like that, like how does that open anytime it's soon? It's tough. Right? And, and Mickey and I, and shout out to Mickey's. Shout, shout out Mickey. Mickey. He doesn't Not listen. Only, uh, you know, okay. good, a good friend for years, but he's, he's, he's an amazing partner to, to deal with. We have very similar visions in terms of what we think, you know, nightlife should be and, and what the experience should be. And, He's a very meticulous guy, but um, you know what we created there with our house music nights and what we're developing. You can't open in these venues and just you know it, it takes time to mature. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You need to feel it out, and, and it takes a couple months to get the the right the right staff, the right atmosphere, the right music, you're, you're, you're the right the balance play, the of right everything, balance yeah. of all the energies got to come together. Plus, you start getting your your regulars and your your loyal customers coming back and you start putting together some cool events and that's how you saw some of the birds of mind dj events yeah. and lee burge and you know some of our sunday nights that we're doing the industry actually nights. went to birds of mind that's the one i went and, to uh, yeah it was great crazy and, until the power cut out but uh yeah that was a whole city thing not just us so oh yeah yeah all, all that, of queen yeah. king no i walked outside and the whole, the whole block was yeah blackout I so i mean we were we were off to the races and we, we had we had three yeah, nights you were three nights just we had just popped we you know what i mean we our three nights were all rocking we had a good rhythm and, and system going, and, and now we had this 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 thing happen. And you know, we talked about what do we do? Do we open up? You know, half capacity, put up these barriers. Uh, you know, how do we create a good experience? You know what I mean? And we're still trying to figure it out. We're waiting to to um, to see what the government gives us. Obviously, phase three is only fifty people inside, so it doesn't make sense for us. But um, you know, it's it's almost like you should just keep it. Keep it close to the times right because you don't yeah. want it to go in there and it be empty and feel like shit and people just be like, eh, I don't know. It really might like ruin this. the actual like because memory that people have and exactly. like long term. Because if you keep it closed for six months and they say, okay, you're good, vaccines out, go, and you reopen it with a banger yeah. and people are like, yeah, I missed this. This is the like, spot. <laughs> and they remember, you know what I mean, right away. But if they remember it as this like half busy kind of fun, but not really fun place, and you just kind of do like you know the COVID thing in between, you know I don't know what that's going to do to the brand long term. They it could, might be, remember, it could yeah. be fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have a lot of good friends and supporters, and everyone understands, and I think everyone understands happening. But you know, I think a lot of the big clubs in Vegas and Miami, they're just going to wait it out because they want to throw that big confetti yeah. DJ event, <laughs> thousands where of everyone people. comes back being like. This is insane. And then yeah, you have a weekend it. lineup full of people. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you, mi you missed it, right? You I missed it. That. You missed it so much. And yeah. You just like, you just happen to be back. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I know exactly. Yeah, honestly. We're, 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 I'd say we're close, man. We're halfway there through this. And we just, everyone's just got to be smart and we'll be fine. And then just the rest of the venue, just taking it case by case. and, and Case by case. Happens. And like I said, we're just waiting to see what the government okay. comes out with, uh, what phase three looks like, what uh, the stipulations are, uh, and how we can... You know, we'll crunch the, the last minute numbers based on that number of they give us, and then if it makes sense, we'll do it. If it doesn't, we continue for with patios for a little bit until September, and then we we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, ready. Yeah. yeah. You know, I want to say this before I stopped a couple of times. One thing about a lot of your venues that I've always loved, and most of my good friends know this, I'm like a bathroom weirdo. Like I love like <laughs> a, like I love good bathrooms because I I he go to the goes the why everywhere goes the why and like I judge note. places on their bathrooms. Like if a place got a really bad bathroom, I'm like cheesed about it. The so. only guy who will make us change dinner reservations if the bathroom's bad. Swear to God, legit, I will. If it's got if we disgusting. book a venue and he's like and he knows it's like a shady bathroom, he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to eat there. I'll just be like, I'll meet you or he'll there. leave or I'll leave, go home, go home, and meet us the next. That's venue. how you know if it's a good operator. how the condition of the, the style and. And condition I, of literally, life. I was yeah. just gonna say, so many of your venues, if not all of them, have such a one. They're usually clean, 
which is huge. And two, it's like it's not yeah, a shit gonna, little I'm dinky gonna, dinky toilet. It's got nice wallpaper. Dinky, it's like Instagramable, well lit because a, a dark bathroom is fucking shit. I swear again, it's creepy. Like a dark little dungeony bathroom. Are you is creepy. scared to go to the washroom? And you're, no, you're but like, a shit not for nothing. It's like it's kind of like disgusting. It's like dark and creepy. Like you true, think about true. um. I think it's uh, I'm not sure if it's Escobar or Petty Cash like, the nice well lit mirrors the well lit bathrooms yeah, like, selfie mirrors you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a Rick's nice wanna, you Rick's go, yeah, you a deuce taking a selfie at the same time yeah, yeah like you want to go in there you want to feel comfortable right oh man imagine you take your, your, your wife out on a date and she goes to the bathroom and she like comes out with toilet paper on her heel. It's like, yeah. what's going yeah. on in there? You know what I mean? like, <laughs> what's going on? Man, uh, so I'm not the only person. I'm just teasing. Some of our places have communal bathrooms. You know what I mean? We're not communal. Sorry. They're, they're like, just like, individuals. Yeah, unisex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, if a guy went in there and pissed on the toilet seat and the woman goes in there next to sit down. It's disgusting. What is that? You're going go you, to like, your, you're gonna go back to your $100 steak and be like, excited? Yeah. No, exactly. You know what I mean? I agree. Maybe she seems excited, but she won't be in her head. Yeah. But you have to, like all that, all those details, guys, matter. You That's know why. I mean? So big shout out. Great bathrooms. I know. Shout out. Big bathroom guy here. <laughs> um, but Maddie, we're, we're at that point where we're starting to wrap up. And we're obviously going to get you on again in a couple months. This has been months great, when, man. When honestly. Yeah, I'm fired up right now. This we didn't really touch upon a lot of venues and like even talking about, like it's, we could talk about Borrow for even hours too. Like that's. We were all to the point where we, we'd gone. On, we'd go I think all the time. first just two there Saturday, Saturday guys, come, come by anytime. We were there oh, on we Tuesday did. for Canada yeah. Day. The, the Tuesday for Canada Day. It was honestly. They were playing the house music. Yeah, we were sitting in the front. You guys brought over shots for us. Yeah. There you go. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you guys and I will say, shout out to you to you guys because you did very much enforce the rules from the onset. I remember at one point we were at the front patio and some of the tables were getting crowded, and I think Mickey grabs the mic and goes, "Get the everyone, get the fuck back to their tables, or you're never coming back to our parties yeah. again." And everyone cleared up, like everyone followed the rules real quick. Yeah, yeah I know. It's you know what happens, and like. May, not for everybody, but from what I've seen, is that after four drinks, people—I don't want to say forget about COVID, but yeah, they want to get more friendly you're, again. No, no, your your old instincts come out after a few drinks, and and they're just natural, and it's not bad or good. It's you know, hey, there's a group of girls sitting at the table. It's like you want to go say hello, or like you're talking to someone you know that you just met. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey, let's go to the bar and grab a drink. That's just that's, that's how we, normal it's mentality. It's it's what we've we've been wired like that our whole life. So when you have a few drinks and you forget about it. You're like, hey, like, babe, like, 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 want to grab a shot at the bar? That's not like abnormal, but it's not allowed. Yeah. Right. So it's like, like you walk over there. You're like, can I get a drink? Like, bartender's like, hey, guys, I can't serve you. You have to yeah, be sitting that, down. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the kind of like game that we have to play of just making sure. And it happened yesterday. Here's a great example. Yesterday, four great-looking women, two guys came to the. They had a seat. Uh, they wanted to go to the bar as a group. I guess they're having some fun, and they wanted to go to the bar and have a shot together. They went up. The bartender's always like, sorry, guys, we can't serve you. Where's COVID rules? We can't serve over the bar. You have to be sitting down. They left and went back to their seats. Now I was like, okay, how do we make that negative? Because that's a negative touch point for me. Yeah. How do you make that negative and a positive? And I said, okay, Zach, what do we do here? What, what can we do to make those people happy from that bad experience? Even though it's not our fault because we're just, you're do, I was like, you did your job perfectly, but how do we do it? And he's like, I don't know. I think I should bring the shots to them and we'll take care of it. I'm like, exactly. Boom. Went over, grabbed them around the shots. Hey guys, sorry about say no we're not a place that we say no but we're just enforcing the rules because of covid here's this round that you wanted on us and wow. they stayed there for two more hours drank a bunch spent a bunch of money and yeah. came on and they had and a blast they remember it as being not being like oh wow these people are being like really anal about the rules these yeah. guys you know they kind of looked after us and, and we respect that some bars would have said take the sale it's it's a two it's a it's a five minute transaction no one's going to get caught 
right? But you can't do that. You set like, bad precedence. Exactly. Because yeah. you start doing the five minute, don't get caught, it turns into 10 minute, and then the next person, you know what I mean? Like, and then next thing you know, they're yeah. buying bottles of And the then I'm telling the staff to do one thing rather than the other. Yeah. So, you know, it's just about properly communicating with guests and, and trying to fix bad touch points right now and, and, and make sure that they're all positive and turn the whole experience as good as we can, man. And yeah, great. That's all you people are working with us. So. Awesome. Maddie, you, you've honestly been awesome. Like this is, I'm looking over, I made a cute couple mental notes on good I know, points. I know a good one. For, I never, so we, Ricky always remembers a good point to use as a sound bite, but that was one that I remember. I'm not going to say it now, but I, I remember okay, one we'll, point we'll I looked over and I was like, that's what we're going to put That's, it. yeah, we, we've got a couple good. But you're, this yeah, is great. So, this is great, great stories. You're, you're an amazing storyteller too, which is yeah. awesome. So emotional and I love it. I feel it. like you were joking. You walked in and I'm like, you're good. Like I'm nervous. I'm like, what the, this guy doesn't, yeah. you're firing uh, up the whole time. Maddie, you were awesome and we're definitely, you guys are always my boys. So yeah, comfortable. It's fine. Sometimes I get nervous this stuff. Yeah, like when I do the ones on TV or like over the phone, yeah, because yeah. those reporters are sharks. They can, yeah. they can put you in a. They we're can trying put to you in a, Yeah, we're not trying to. They can put you, you in a corner and they just make you say the wrong thing. So yeah. you gotta be yeah. very careful. You gotta prep for, for those sure. ones. Yeah, no, but, but this, uh, was, this was a lot. Yeah, of fun. thanks for coming wow. on. We've got uh, two questions we normally ask all of our guests. Um, the first being, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? It could be anybody from any given time. Any given time. Any yeah. given time. Oof. I don't know. That's a, that's really good. That's a really good question. Who would we oh, thank you star? Right, Ricky doesn't hear I, that often. Usually, my question gets. I ask it every Ricky's time. like, it's a very basic question. I, I got a first call, my buddy. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I know it sounds really, really, really not good or cool, but I think he would actually do a good job because he's kind of like fun and cool, but he's also a good-looking guy and Jack Zach Efron. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that's a good one, and nobody said it either. Uh, now, now, if you're looking at you, you look exactly. Yeah, I see with it. The beard, like yeah, the, the, he could, he could pull it off. Yeah, I yeah. think he could. Not you're just more jacked. Be, like, no, he is jacked. He's but he, he, yeah, he could, he's like, he could, uh, he could probably play a little bit of like a half fun guy, half dark role. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how this kind of like. Yeah, well, it's a good one. Like some funny ones, but also a little bit too, right? Dark side to it in terms of the nightlife and party. That's a good one. That's we haven't had that one yet. Zach Efron, I like that. All right, hey, second, George, you hit him. second question. If you can give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, I, w- I think I would say to myself when I was a lot younger is don't stress a little, don't stress about every single little thing, man. And I think I was, I was really hard on myself um, when I was younger that I wasn't doing enough or good enough or, you know what I mean? And, and I, when I look back, I was like, holy shit, I did a lot. You know what I mean? Because I did a lot. Yep. But back then, I was like always trying to push the envelope. And the reason why I'm saying that, I'm not saying that because I wasn't trying to be hard on myself. It's because as I pushed myself to do more, I made mistakes. So don't be hard on myself. I would be the, the, the one thing I'd tell myself and, you know, and, 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 and be so worried about things because I, was, I, was, I used to be worried about, okay, I want to do like what that guy, I want to be just as big as that guy. I want to do this guy. And I wanted like, like, let's take this deal. I, was, I don't want to say I was a cowboy, but... I made a lot of moves really quick, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I wanted to be bigger and, and better a, a version of myself, you know what I mean? And some of the moves I made when I was young, I wasn't ready to make. Yeah. You have to be in the right mindset and maturity level, and you have to have the right team around you. And that's like the biggest thing. And I made a lot of moves really young, really quick, which were great. And you know they panned out, thank God. Some of them fucking could have gone the other way. <laughs> but a lot of my big moves worked out really, really, really well. There's, I've also made some small moves that were, were, were bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I just to tell myself to just you know, not, not be so hard on myself and take your time and, be, and, and be, do things at the right time. That's the way I'm thinking right now. I'm not doing anything anymore ever again until I have a proper 
or I have a proper team, but unless my team around me for that specific project is perfect, you know what I mean? If it's a restaurant, you have a good chef partner, a good general manager you want to go in, a good partnership group, you know what I mean? You're ready to go. You can't just yeah, go yeah. in there just because it's a good idea and a good time and a good location, but you're just like, oh, fuck, how do I do this now? You need yeah. a proper team, especially when you have this much going on, right? Because you get older yeah, yeah. Time fly, bro. Yeah. Time flies. And so. timing's got to be a lot of it too, right? Like, like you have a great idea now, but you're like, you know what? The, the city's not ready for it yet, or the market's not ready, or my team's not fully there. Yeah. So timing's got to be a big and part And I of get that projects too, right? brought to me like, dude, um, it feels like weekly at this point, just because everyone's trying to unload everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I have... I'm, I would back in the day, I've said yes to like pretty much everything I've done. That's why I've done so much. I was like, yeah, I party. Let's do it. Digital dreams. Let's go. I feel that. And I was like, oh, I'm doing a festival and I'm running four venues and I'm running nightlies and I'm driving to London to operate a venue and all in the same day. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? I put a lot of pressure on myself to do shit and I, and I should just said no to some things, you know, cause I wasn't ready. Um, so, you know, you just got to, the timing's got to be right. I'm going to say no to a lot of things for the next couple of years. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, until we see what happens with the economy and the lay of the land. And uh, when the right, it's when the time's right, you'll know, man. You feel it. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a great note to end on. I, I agreed. Matt, if people want to find out more about you, your venues, where can they go? Uh, hit, well, I guess, on Instagram, Matt Unique or uh, honey, honeyhospitality.com. Is, our venues are up there. But uh, yeah, hit, head we'll, down to we'll, King we'll West. We'll tag everything in you. Some key venues uh, and key fun nights. I know you do Borrow Tuesday nights. That's one of your hosting nights. Petty Cash, Citizen. Mr. Wolf, when you guys reopen that, yeah. all, and all the others, we'll tag everything. There's, there's, Dasha, there's a bunch of things going on. But if you're downtown during the week and you want a place to go have a drink and, and see it, a good-looking crowd and, and it's 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 good music, it's chill vibe, obviously because of COVID. But uh, Tuesdays is our kind of industry kind of you know friends and family night where we get together a bunch of friends and and we hang out on Tuesdays at the rooftop at Barrow, and uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, we'll we'll tag everything awesome. in the uh, in the comments and yeah, yeah. In the feed and. Uh, other than that, this has been a great. This was a long one too. Like I, it's probably our longest episode of date. Uh, let me ask you guys something, man. Who who is better, me or Donovan Bailey? Uh, it's a tough <laughs> one, but it's a tough one. But you came in with some great emotion, man. I love it. I, I felt joking. your passion. I, 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 I should say it in Greek, but I feel like Donovan Bailey might know what I say. But yeah, no, that's, this is a lot of fun, man. Yeah. I, no, he's listen, a, he's they're a great good. guy. It's cool because like he 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 was a little bit disarmed. Like he, I felt disarmed. Like he, I thought he was gonna be all serious. We both did, yeah. and he was pretty chill. But these are fun too because we, we know you we for say, so long. Having, but we our don't actually, is, having our friends is so much more fun. Having your friends, like how many times I've, we've known you, Rick's known you a little longer, but we've known you for a decade if not more. Yeah. And how many times have we ever sat down and talked about your business and for everything For this long too. Yeah, like we find out sides of our friends that we never knew. For we sure. found out, like we had one of our best friends on and we found out he's a huge gamer. We had no idea. Like, amazing. It's, so it's cool. These are a lot of fun because yeah. they're just chill. Definitely more but, fun. And so, and we'll, who's, who's, who's next? Who's, who's up next? Well, we have uh, Connor Cuts. You know Connor? Yeah. Uh, we, DJ Crunch. We have Crunch, Louis, Louis coming on. Uh, we have Bobby Love. We've got a bunch uh, of DJs apparently. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah Winter. She's a former Miss Universe Canada. Scott McGilvroy's coming on. Uh, Devo Brown. Devo, Devo, shout Devo. He's yeah, he's amazing coming on guy. in yeah. a couple Sick. weeks. Uh, who else do we have? I don't know. We've got a uh, bunch we a lined up. We basically have up. all of August like lined up. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So we wanted to get you in. Like we, we had to get you in. Let me know. So. Appreciate it. Yeah, you well, you know, we'll, we'll definitely make sure that people. We're gonna shout out Borrow and, and all the other venues in the in the city. But even me and Georgia are Borrow almost once a week now at this yeah. point. So thank you for for hosting us every time yeah. you do. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think uh, I think that's, that's a wrap. Let's get let's wrap this up. All right, signing off, pals. Cheers. 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 Boys. Cheers. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain, and I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high got alone. No one thing can